2: Friends and family, I guess you could, we could say Merry Christmas. We're past that, but we're coming to a new year. So it is the final Wrestle Tracks of 2023. I am Scott Criscolo, joined as always by the Dean of the Island, Mr. Greg Diener. How are you, sir?
0: Oh, thank you very much, Scott. It's been a very Merry Christmas for me. I got a PS5, so life is good beautiful. this holiday.
2: That is beautiful. Yes, beautiful. Yes, I finally uh, – I mean, I still have my uh, Xbox One in the li- bedroom, but in the living room, I finally got an, an Xbox uh, uh, Xbox S for this year. So I finally have upgraded that as well without having to pay a dime. Um, sir, always a pleasure. Of course, we are in December. And uh, thank you for those that voted. We had a pretty good amount of votes for this month's um, poll. We had a very, very different variety. This was one of those good months where there wasn't really anything locked down, so we threw a bunch of stuff at the wall – to see what stuck and we we gave all of you Super Clash 3, Starcade 1993 and Vengeance 2001. And I got to be honest, I totally was expecting Starcade 93 to win. Um little did I realize, I think the dark horse, the underdog, maybe it's cuz Iron Claws out, I don't know. Yeah. Um but you are fine listeners our loyal family actually threw us a curveball and i like curveballs once in a while we don't like everything to be too predictable so you wanted to go to december 13th 1988 in chi town for super clash three what many consider the final nail in the awa coffin um I uh I was stunned, Greg. I'm not gonna lie. I was not expecting this to win. I really wasn't. I thought no. we threw this in here as a joke. And the listener our listeners uh and our followers on the Place to Be Facebook page um called my bluff. Um and I'm impressed with that.
0: Well I have no problem with that. I think it's cause the iron claw is now out and people are like in von Eric fever right now, so they want to see Carrie, I guess. I guess so. Of course, uh, that is the main event of this show.
2: the Remember the big uh, world-class uh, AWA unification title match between the King Jerry Lawler and the modern-day warrior Kerry Von Erich. We have 12 matches on this card. Nothing too long. In fact, I'm surprised this show is this long, <laughs> based on the, on the length of these matches. But uh, this show is on Peacock, so we'd love for you to follow along with us. And uh, we, of course, will bring you back uh, to December of 1988 in many ways, uh, pertaining to, uh, sports, uh, maybe some TV, uh, maybe the movies, all sorts of stuff that was going on in the world in December of 1988. I, uh, I was a, what was I? I was, uh, oh, I was in the middle of my sophomore year in high school. Um, I was, of course, totally on the, tw- on the, uh, mega powers train because of course we were in the midst of the of the mega powers they hadn't exploded yet they were burbling but they wouldn't explode for let's see December 13th eh, about a month and a half they would they would explode um but I did not watch the show live because God knows I wasn't paying for this piece of crap so (laughs) so and my dad certainly wasn't if he didn't feel like he was up to it so um uh I, uh I remember thinking, this is kind of interesting, um, you know, and I remember seeing clips of it on TV, like when AWA was still on ESPN, and I saw them, Greg, on, you know, like I saw pictures in, in the PWI, and I'm like, oh, ESPN graphics, are they running this? I didn't think they did, but... Unless Vern just stole them, that wouldn't surprise me either. Maybe ESPN, something without paying for it.
0: <laughs> maybe ESP they got the ESPN production for this. Maybe for this pay per view. Probably,
2: probably because it's definitely ESPN's graphics um, on on display. So, all right. So, why don't we? Uh, do we want to do anything uh, beforehand? Let's let's hop in. What do we? Okay. Do we got first. All
0: right. So this pay per view is taking place at UIC. So I figure yep. in honor of. The UIC, I would uh, tell you what UIC basketball was doing. The University of the Illinois Flames, Chicago. right? Is that what they were? The Flames, the yeah.
3: Flames.
0: The Flames of Illinois, Chicago, yes. Yeah. Yep. Not to be confused with the Liberty Flames. Uh, uh, no, no. Very much different. Yes. 13-17 Thir- and 17 this season. 3-9 and nine finish uh, conference play. They finished 7th in the Mid-Continental Conference. The conference champion of the Mid-Continental Conference was uh, the Mid-Continent Conference, rather, was Missouri State, who finished 21 and 10 and 10 of the conference. They would lose as a 14 seed in the NCAA tournament that year to a team that would make noise in the NCAA tournament in 1989, the Seton Hall Pirates. Ah, that's right. Yep. And uh, so there's 11 NBA games, so let's get it out of the way, because this is going to be a long card, and we're going to talk about so many people, so we'll just get this out of the way now.
2: Sure,
0: sure. Hawks, 106-88, winners over the Bucks. Top scorer for the Hawks was Dominique with 30. Michael was the top scorer for the Bulls with 28 points. And we go to Richfield Coliseum, where we were last month. The Lakers, 111 102 winners of the Cavs. Magic Um, had a triple double, 31 points, 13 assists, and 12 rebounds. Worthy had uh, 21 points. Kareem, in its final season, six points. Yeah, slowing down there. Um, Brad. Brad Doherty, 14 points, Ron Harper, 30 points, Mark Price, 21 points, Larry Nance, 20 points. To uh, Reunion Arena, uh, where the Von Erichs had many a great uh, Star Wars for WCCW there.
2: Oh, yeah, definitely. Mavs
0: one seventeen one eleven 111 winners over Golden State. Mitch Richmond, 31 points for Golden State. Chris Mullen, 21 points. I didn't even realize Ralph Sampson was with the Warriors at this point. Five points. So he really fell off faster after that 85-86 season. Hmm. Mark Aguirre for the Mavs, 32 points. Rolando Blackman, 27 points. Going to the McNichols Arena, Nuggets, 126-101 winners over the Rockets. Wow. A Doug Moe coached Nuggets team held a team to 101 points. That's something. That is something. You're very right. Defense? Who needs defense? <laughs> a- Akeem, 15 points. Uh, future Nixon, Indiana head coach, Mike Woodson, 15 points, too. For the Nuggets, oh, the top scorer, Fat Lever with 23 points.
2: Ah, the pride of Boston College, Fat Lever. Yes. Or was that? No, Fat Lever. No, that was Michael Adams. Oh, okay. Where did Fat Lever go to school?
0: <laughs> now, I'm, now, now, now I'm concerned. Uh, we go, go to Market Square, 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 Square Arena. It's the expansion season for the Charlotte Hornets, but they would fall short to the Pacers by 11 points, 115 to 104. Kelly Tripuca, 26 points for the Hornets. Well, I know where he
2: went to school. He's, he's an Irish alum. He went to ND. Incidentally, Fat Lever went to Arizona State. Okay. Okay. I was getting confused with Michael Adams. Michael Adams went to Boston College.
0: Another point guard. So. Uh, for the uh, Pacers, John Long, the top scorer on the bench with 25. Reggie with 22. Herb Williams, 16 points. Uh, to uh, the Garden, we had a Knicks-Nets battle on our hands at the Garden. Oh, Ni- there we go. Knicks, 121 to 100 winners. Joe Barry Carroll, the lead scorer for the Nets, with 19 points. And Charles Oakley, 18 points for the Knicks. In case you're curious, Patrick had sixteen points. Yes. To the Spectrum, the Bucks, 109.91 winners over the Sixers. Top score for the Bucks was Jack Sigma with 26 points. Charles Barkley, 21 points for the Sixers. And to mm-hmm. Portland, 11392 Portland getting the win there. 15 points for Ken Norman for the Clippers. And incidentally, rookie season for the Clippers, Danny Manning, who was the top pick in that year's draft. Yes, he was. Danny the Miracles won the
2: NCAA tournament the year before, uh, upsetting a damn good Oklahoma team uh, in the championship game. Yep. St- Stacy King. Let's not forget about Stacey King. Stacy King, Mookie Blaylock. Oh. oh, yeah. Yep. Great team. But it was Danny the Miracles, just like Larry Bird in 79 with Indiana State. Pretty much Danny, and that was
0: it. <laughs> Kevin Duckworth, 18 points for the Trailblazers. Clyde had 14 points. Okay. Uh, let me get, hold on one second. Uh, we go to the Arco Arena. I mentioned last month that the original Arco Arena was its last season. So this is the first season at the new Arco Arena in 88 89. Kings 108 89 winners over the Spurs. Top scorer for the Spurs, Johnny Dawkins. Now, you might be saying, wait a minute, wasn't David Roberts Robinson drafted in 87? Well, Scott, you got to remember, David Robinson had to serve a two-year commitment to the Navy before he played for the Spurs. That is correct. So he would correct. he would be there the next season in 89-90. And uh, Rodney McRae, the lead scorer for 16 points. Kenny the Jet Smith with 14 points. Harold Presley, the lead scorer for the Kings off the bench with 26 points. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, yep. the that's at-
2: just like, uh, well, that was just like Roger Staubach. He won the, he won the, uh, uh-huh. Heisman at the Naval Academy in 63, but he didn't play for the Cowboys until 1970. He had to serve seven years and five of them were in Vietnam. So that still is a thing. If you go to the Naval academies or either academy, the military academy too.
0: Yep. He had to sit two years behind Craig Morton too. That that counts as another Vietnam, maybe. Yeah, yeah, really. <laughs> I shouldn't be. I shouldn't be that mean. I got Craig Morton's autograph last year, so <laughs> Jesus, did you really? That's funny. I guess it was ten bucks, so I couldn't pass that up. There you go. Yep. Um, Sonics. Was- Sonics. One twenty-six. One sixteen. Wonders over the Suns at Seattle. Tom Chambers, twenty-seven points for the Suns. Dale Ellis, 33 points for the Sonics. And our last game, we go to Washington at Capital Center. Bullets 115-105, winners of the Celtics. Larry Bird was injured for most of the season, so he's not in action. Kevin McHale, the lead score of 22 points. And for the Bullets, Bernard King with 30 points. And I guarantee you, the heckler was having a lot of fun with the Celtics that night.
2: Oh, I imagine so. I totally imagine so. So well, pretty good night. A lot of lot of the, the Lakers were going for the three-peat, as we all know, uh, didn't happen. But uh, they were trying. Um, Michael was just kind of coming into his own, uh, as was by. Well, Dominique was almost in as close to in his prime at this point. Um, the bull, the uh, the Pistons were grizzled after losing that game seven at the Forum. Um and the flames of UIC, Missouri State I think. I don't even think that's a conference anymore. The Mid-Continent? Is that even no, a conference? No, that's
0: that's long gone. Let me uh, I'll wiki that. Pretty sure that's maybe, long gone. Maybe it became the MAC? Oh, the it's now the, it's now the Summit League. Oh, okay. Yes, we my
2: uh, my client there's a lot of Summit League. The uh CBS Sports Network, there's a lot of Summit League. All right, why do we jump? Why do we dive in? Let's get in. So uh, you can find it on Peacock. Just type in Super Clash in the in the um uh in the uh search and here we go. Uh, I'm at 5. We're all we're at 5 seconds. Um I think Larry let me let me knock it back a little bit. Here we go. Okay, so I'm at the beginning. Here we go. I'm at 0. Okay. So here we go. All right. While Greg is uh, getting ready, we'll let you all know that it's January coming up next month, and of course, you know what that means. We're going to put a poll of three sold outs. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. Um, <laughs> that would be pretty funny though. Um, we will. Uh, we of course, you know what we're going to put on there, and we're we're still kind of kicking around what year, so we're not gonna we're not gonna tell you tonight. But the poll will go up on. Uh, let's see, the poll will go up on Monday, January, th- uh, 15th and last for one week until the 22nd. And then, uh, and then, uh, Greg and I will, uh, will watch what you choose. So we're still trying to figure out what, th- which three shows it'll be. And when we, uh, but we'll know by then. And then, uh, the poll will go up and you let us know what, uh, what you'd like to uh, see of the three shows we put. Okay. Uh, here we go. Greg, you ready. Okay. Uh, zero, 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 you said. Yeah, we're right at the beginning. We're right okay. at 0-0. Zero, zero.
1: Okay. right. Okay, here we go. In three, two, and one. All right.
2: So there we are at the UIC Pavilion in Chicago, Illinois. I have my captioning up. I don't want to have the volume too high. Um, Super Clash 3. Look at that. Technologically oh. marveling wipe. <laughs>
1: Tony the do- Tiger, giving you, giving you the uh, opening here. It's great. Waiting for
2: the weasel chance to start. Oh, sorry, that was until Nitro. Of course, we're talking about Lee Marshall, who was uh, Lee Marshall was like the biggest cheerleader of the AWA. Um, uh, there's Larry Nelson. Uh, speaking of Larry Nelson, um, if everyone, if everyone watched, and I'm sure, I'm pretty sure you did, Greg. If ever watched the uh, spectacular legacy of the AWA documentary that's on the network or Peacock, uh, Eric Bischoff mentioned that he got his first broadcasting chance in the AWA because somebody got a DUI the night before. Uh, rumors I heard is that it was Larry Nelson. That was a little, uh, was a little tip in the wrist. So, um, and uh, that's why Eric Bischoff had to do those interviews and thus began the broadcasting career of uh, the Bish so e z e, and then, of course, we have uh Lee Marshall and his incredibly bad mullet um, Lee Marshall, such an exciting guy he's just so excited to be with the a w a for now, although don't forget Lee Marshall was at Wrestlemania Two. people forget that he was the ring announcer um at the l a sports arena for uh the L.A. part of WrestleMania 2. The part, of course, that had the um, Hulk Hogan, King Kong Bundy cage match. Of course, that match was ring announced by Tommy Lasorda. Uh, so, Larry Nelson giving us the lowdown, Greg. I did like the EWA logo. I thought they had one of the cooler logos.
0: It It's the best logo of the three, big three at the time.
2: Yeah, I thought they had a cool logo. There is our man, GMC. The... A PTB alumnus, Gary Michael Capetta. Stephen Selke is the director of the Department of Professional Regulation. Former Chicago great Nick P. Karasiotis. Um, I don't think. I think it's safe to say that George Zahorian is not at ringside. <laughs> the officials assigned for this evening's card at ringside. Doctor Glenn Bynum is the uh, is the physician. Timekeeper at the bell. No, I just have Joe McHugh in my head cause. and I'm your ring announcer, Gary.
3: Michael. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Gary gets a big Gary gets a big uh, rat, 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 rat round of applause. Gary's well known.
0: Um, I think is it the cruiser? Is it the Bruiser or the Crusher? It's um Ray the Clipper Stevens.
1: Oh, Ray the Clipper Stevens.
2: Okay, on color with him. So, so our first match, got a ton of talent here in this first match. We've got uh, Chavo, Mondo, and Hector, the Guerreros, taking on the Rock and Roll RPMs and a relative newcomer, I would think. Well, maybe not a newcomer, but maybe a newcomer to, like, real wrestling, I guess. <laughs> um, Cactus Jack. Who we, of course, all know is uh is Mick Foley. Mike Davis and Tommy Lane are the rock and roll RPMs. They were in um they were in world class too. Well, these are world class, I guess. I guess all these three guys are the world class. So you have the world class half. I don't know if the Guerreros were in world class or were they in a I think they were in AWA because I've um I've been watching eighty-eight world class, which is about as good as it sounds. <laughs> Um, and I don't see – the Guerreros haven't been on, so I, I, my I, my I, assumption I, is is I the think, Guerreros at the AWA half.
0: I think the Guerreros were in Memphis at this time. Oh, right. Of course. We have
2: to include the CWA as well. Yes. Good call, Greg. I forgot about that.
0: Because
2: I, I,
0: <laughs> I watched some pro wrestling this week's in 87 and Hector's on them, so.
1: Ah, oh, gotcha. Okay. On CWA, so. Yeah, Mick Foley, Cactus Jack. I mean, he was pretty much a jobber
2: um, in WWF in 86 and I guess early 87. He was very well known for a fairly big beating that uh, the British oh. Bulldogs gave him. Oh, uh, D- Dynamite like j- broke his jaw, I think. Yeah, uh, Dynamite was a fucking jerk. <laughs> um, uh, and uh, here he is as Cactus Jack. Of course, he will enhance this, this character over the next couple of years, and then, of course, would end up going to Jim Crockett as it morphed into WCW. Um, And he would stick around till 94-ish, and then he would head to uh, ECW,
0: and then we all know what would happen after that. Um, Nick is schvelte here. This is the most schvelte I've ever seen him. Yeah,
2: he definitely does not look this good as he heads into WCW. He probably looks... I would say probably the best he would look after this would probably be another match that you and I did on this fine program. And that was when him and Sean wrestled at In Your House Mind Games. He was in great shape for that match. Um, certainly not the way Mick looked in 1999 with those horrendous blue sweatpants. Woo! And now the Guerreros brothers, not Eddie, the older guys, yeah. uh, working um, – over i think eddie was in japan i think at this time okay i think eddie was in japan Um, eddie's basically a kid right now pretty much i mean he's probably in his i I would say if anything he's probably maybe in his early 20s but at this point he's probably in his teens so he might not maybe he isn't
1: maybe he's only working in, in mexico if he's still working if he's working at all i'm assuming he is This does feel like a glorified jobber match though. I don't know why. <laughs> Just does. The crowd's not reacting
0: to any of this. Uh no. Speaking of the crowd,
2: um, you want to talk about a uh, dud. Oh god. Um, this place seats I'm gonna say, Greg, it probably seats what? Maybe eight thousand, seven thousand, maybe. Let me yeah. check the uh, let me check the seating it's now called the credit Union one arena it opened in eighty two so building was only six years old at this point um ten thousand three hundred for concerts ninety five hundred for boxing and wrestling and eight thousand for hoops so this seats it broke ground on my birthday my sixth birthday it broke ground june first nineteen seventy nine and opened on may thirty first nineteen eighty two and uh, so, 9,500. This it seats for boxing and wrestling. On this night, there is 1,672 there. Ooh, that is that is rough. That is rough. We have a double pin. <laughs> I'm trying to get a double pin. It was that Mondo? I think was trying to pin both Rock and Roll RPMs, and now we have a gimmick. Yeah, now we're turning into gimmicky nonsense. Guys, like, stacking on each other to get pins. And um, little side note here, Greg, while we're watching the Rock and Roll RPMs and Cactus get their ass kicked. Uh, some notable performances going into this show. Um, April 10th, 1983, Prince performed the last show of the 1999 tour in the building. Uh, Black Sabbath performed, Deep Purple, Madonna on the Virgin Tour, May 18th, 1985. Bon Jovi performed at the arena. Parts of the footage of this show, of his concert, which was on March 4th, 1987, was used in the Wanted Dead or Alive video. Wow. Yeah. Grateful Dead performed uh, three days, April 9th through the 11th, 1987. Uh, We did have a pretty great pay-per-view here. The previous year, Starcade '87, Chitown Heat. Now, to 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 do a comparison, Greg, 1,672 were in the building for this show. Starcade was a sellout. Eight thousand, well, close to a sellout. Eight thousand. Uh, let's see, uh, July 29th, '88. Earlier that year, in the summertime, Run DMC performed as part of the Run's House Tour, opening acts Republic Enemy. And DJ, Jazzy, Jeff, and the Fresh Prince. Whoa, what a uh,
0: show that is.
2: Right? That, that that's a banger. About a month before this wrestling show, uh Metallica performed as part of the Damaged Justice Tour, promoting, of course, Injustice for All. Um now, the next pay-per-view that would be in this building would be two months later. Uh another show that we watched a match of, Greg, not the whole show. Of course, I'm speaking of chi Town Rumble, which took place that following February 20th, and of course, the main event was one of a favorite match you and I watched on the old stream on the old uh, Stream Lounge, and that was of course when Ricky Steamboat defeated Ric Flair to become the NWA World's Heavyweight Champion. Also, 8,000 a sellout. So poor, poor uh, Super Clash Three could not get 8,000.
1: <laughs> Oh. Him, well, to... That was an amazing moonsault there. It was an amazing moonsault.
2: So the Guerrero brothers get the win in our opener. Cactus Bitching. I want to see Cactus Cactus should fucking turn on the Rock and Roll RPMs. Um, again Rock and Roll RPMs were Mike Davis who was a I think he was a jobber in WWF earlier in the decade and Tommy Lane who I think also was a jobber in the WWF. Um, And, of course, Cactus Jack. So the Guerreros, Chavo, Mondo, Hector, get the victory in our opener. And there is uh, Larry Nelson. And who is that standing next to Larry Nelson? Nina, the POWW world champion, who would later on become Ivory. Oh. Tina Ferrari. Oh, she is looking lovely tonight. She is looking she is looking very very swole. Uh yes, she's looking good. Wow, that came out of nowhere. Had no idea the POWW champion Nina who
1: uh, as mentioned is uh is Ivory, the future Ivory. So Ooh she looks uh she looks good oh yeah still looks good today she looks good today I
2: saw her uh at a Walmart not working thank god uh just right after she was released in what was it 2005 I think I saw her at a Walmart here in Norwalk uh shopping I didn't walk up to her because I would never do that but um yeah it was I think it was right after she got released from WWE which would have been I'm pretty sure it was 2005 I think. All right, we get to our second match. Uh we have a title match here, the World Class World Class pretty much we'll call it light heavyweight championship. Uh and I never understood this fucking guy. I never understood him. Flamboyant Eric Embry who looks like just utter trash and just never looked like a guy that ever I thought had anything. And I remember asking Chad Campbell uh, uh Greg about him and the current light heavyweight champion a Mr. J E W F, Ha ha J A Double T. Yes, ain't he, Jeff Jack. Ain't he great. Ain't he great? <laughs> the world class light heavyweight championship on the line, our first title match. Overall, I think we have one, two, three, four. Five, six title matches on this show tonight. Uh, let's see, two of them, three of them are st- strictly world class. Uh, two of them are strictly AWA, and then of course the uh, the uh, unification match later on in the show. So, but yeah, I was never the biggest uh, Eric Embry fan. I, I'm wa- like I said, Greg. I'm watching on one of my chrono watches. I'm actually watching world-class uh and I'm I'm almost done thankfully uh I'm into late August so I'm about about three and a half months before this show happened and I just they they just had nothing left in the tank they had like this free bird civil war kind of feud going on and uh this guy Eric Embry was was like at the top of the card and I just thought he brought nothing to the table um yeah I don't know I just was I wasn't impressed I guess you had to be there in Dallas for it. I, I think so. Yeah, he must have been a, he, I think he was a Dallas guy. Um. So while we're uh, having this little this little soiree, why don't you give us? We'll start. Well, we got a lot to get into tonight about December eighty eight. So we'll get it all. We'll get it all in. But let's begin with the two Chicago winter teams. Uh, you mentioned one of them earlier. Uh, what was going on in the? Uh, 88-89 seasons
0: for the Bulls and the Blackhawks. Okay, for the Bulls, we have Doug Collins as the coach. They finished 47-35, and 35, finished 5th in the Central Division. And on the roster, if I can get that real quick, we, of course, have Michael. We have um, Horace Grant. We have Scottie Pippen. Bill Cartwright j- probably just arrived after the trade for Charles Oakley to the Knicks. Yep. Sam yep. Vin- Sam Vincent, Craig Hodges, John Paxson, and that's uh Will Perdue and uh, Charles Davis. So those are your notable Will names. Will Perdue was on the team that early. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. But hmm. of course, that year would be the famous shot over Craig Elo in Game 5 by Michael. Correct.
2: Yes. And they would lose in the
0: uh think they would make it to the East. The the finals, because they beat beat the Knicks in six in the semis. Semis. The the Celtics got knocked
2: out, and that was pretty much the end of the Celtics at that point. Um, And then the Pistons would be, it'd be the first of two straight years that Michael would get taken out in the Eastern Conference finals by the Pistons. And uh, it was because of those two series that uh, Isaiah did not uh, join the dream team. Um, <laughs> How about the
0: Blackhawks? Okay, the Blackhawks. This is the first season for Mike Keenan because he would have come in from Philadelphia. Because remember, Scott, 80, yes. he took the Flyers to the Stanley Cup Final in 87, where they almost came back against Edmonton. They were down 3-1, went to Game 7, and lost to the Oilers in 87. And he got fired wow. the next year, and so he's now coaching the Blackhawks. First year. Of course, he would eventually get the Blackhawks to the Cup Final in 92. But a uh, tough year this year. 27-41-12 for the Blackhawks. Finished fourth in the Norris division. And some of the notables on the Blackhawks. We got Ed Belfour. We got uh, Greg Gilbert. Dick Graham, the captain. Steve Larmer, A uh, favorite of Mike Keenan, who would be on the Rangers 94 Cup team. Brian Noonan, who, of course, would also be on the 94 Cup team for the Rangers. Darren Pang and uh, Jeremy Ronick, And uh, mm. oh, Dennis Savard, I forgot. Dwayne Suter. And um, yeah, uh, Doug Wilson. Uh, those are some of the notable names I recognize from that roster. And we got a new we got a new champion. Oh, this sucks. Oh God, this fucking guy again.
2: Well, would matter at this point because I think
0: uh, <laughs> he's not even a light heavyweight. He's just I, light and heavy. I,
1: I blame, <laughs> I blame this Illinois referee from the state athletic commission. Don't worry, That's Jeff. Correct. Better things are ahead for you. The fourth time, Jesus Christ. Four times. Fritz has a very loose definition on what a light heavyweight is. Very loose. Okay. Cool. Hmm. I just want to say about Jeff. It's kind of
0: incredible that this show is in 1988, and he's still like a relevant figure
1: 35 years right. later. I know. All right. So we
2: go backstage. Larry Nelson is with um, the, the terrorist. Ter- oh, my
0: God. You could not get away with this in twenty twenty three. How how why is she called the terrorist? She's got a diamond necklace on.
2: I'm going to tear everybody's clothes off. Um,
1: OK, she looks more like Madonna than a terrorist. I know. Is she speaking uh, another language?
0: She's speaking in the middle. Okay. That makes her a terrorist, I guess. You speak a stereotypical <laughs> Middle Eastern accent, 1988. You're automatically a terrorist. Oh, uh,
2: well, 1988. What do you want? Um, so, the, so they're interviewing, so they're interviewing all these female wrestlers. It's very strange. All right. We
1: get to our next match. Uh, Oh, Wayne Bloom. We love
2: Wayne Bloom. Former Bad Company. and uh, Or not Bad Company. Destruction Crew. And, of course, uh, a future Beverly Brother. Oh, Jesus Christ. Jimmy oh, God. What Jesus. You why, don't you, why don't you get a
0: hooker to take a shit in the ring? Maybe <laughs> it'll make this match better. <laughs> okay. Now, Scott, I think I shared with you this story about when I was watching Starcade 84. And I was... Amused by the tuxedo street fight Between him and um Fucking Paul Jones
1: Yes, Paul it, Jones, yeah That was the most ridiculous shit ever And I loved it It really was But I gotta oh tell you, most Scott his work rate, Please tell me he doesn't get pinned with this Wait, it's already over Really? How oh, much did we... How much did Wayne Bloom not get paid to do that? (laughs) I mean, really? (laughs) Poor Wayne Bloom.
2: On top of the fact, well, look at the bright side. He didn't get paid, but he only wrestled
1: 24 seconds. So there you go.
3: Yeah. (laughs) All right, another another... Dave
1: Dave McClain and Bambi. Bambi. I like the way you said that. Bambi. Hi, Bambi. You know Vern definitely did not pay any of these women, that's for no. sure. Oh no.
0: <laughs> no Dave, way. Dave McClain. I swear to God, he looks do you remember that Mr. Game Show figure from Galoob from the eighties?
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. That's what that's what Dick McCoy looks like. <laughs> the POW promoter Ooh. Two ways to get thrown out over the top rope or have your clothes ripped off. Wow.
2: How did Vern let this come on, Vern? You telling me uh you're telling me uh <laughs> you know Vern oh. and Nick Bockwinkle didn't have a uh, brown panties match.
0: <laughs> oh, Larry cut the interview short.
2: Oh, my God. That is tremendous.
3: That's so great.
2: Lingerie street fight battle fucking royal. Oh. Oh. That table full of, do- of doofuses actually came up with that. Brickhouse Brown. Oh. I like Br- Brickhouse Brown. He was would uh, wrestled in Crockett. I think he was in Mid-South for a while. His suits are
0: he, amazing.
2: And Brickhouse Brown is taken on the current
1: world-class Texas heavyweight champion and former Freebird. Nice, and this is for the Texas heavyweight title. This is going to be awesome. I think so. Oh, I love this. I love Iceman. I do, too. I was a very big Iceman King Parsons fan when he was a baby face and a heel.
2: Um, I thought it was cool because you didn't see tattoos on people's chests or or weird spots. Um, in the eighties, it was other than Bigelow's head. Uh, pretty much tattoos were strictly for arms, but he had the star on his chest, which I always thought was kind of wild. Um, the Texas heavyweight title for those that don't know is like the, uh, the world class equivalent of the intercontinental championship it was like the secondary title in world class.
1: Um, Oh, Vern's here. I see crippled. I like orders. how Vern. Yeah, Vern, doing a match with two guys that uh, you're not going to pay.
2: Um, <laughs> these are really two great, two great wrestlers. Thanks for coming here and volunteering to wrestle. <laughs> oh, I see, Bill aptors at ringside. Uh, there's Bill with his uh, and George Napolitano, I think, is there too. <laughs> so, uh, so while uh, we get this NWA Texas Heavyweight Title, Greg, why don't you let us know what was on television that night? If you didn't want to pay for this amazing show.
0: (laughs) Oh, God, yeah. Okay, first on uh, NBC on this December 13th, 1988, Tuesday night, we have on NBC, we have a second part of a two-parter at eight o'clock with Matlock at nine
3: o'clock.
0: Nine o'clock, we have In the Heat of the Night. Great show. And 10 o'clock, we got Midnight Caller. Oh, Gary Cole. Yeah,
2: Yes, early Gary Cole, pre,
0: pre-office pre space. CBS, we have a, a new episode of TV 101 at 8 o'clock, and then a Hallmark Hall of Fame movie, Promise, at 9 o'clock. But ABC, this is where the lineup gets really good. This is the winner. 8 o'clock, we got Who's the Boss? Of course. 8.30, it's the first season of Roseanne. Mm-hmm. And then at 9 o'clock, oh my god, I got, this is breaking news. This is unbelievable. There was a new episode of Moonlighting this week. Oh, wow. Yeah. There we go. (laughs) And, of course, Moonlighting now streaming on Hulu, so.
2: It's funny. Was it you and I? No, it wasn't you and I. I was having a conversation with somebody at work uh, because I was talking to my mom, too, about, like, great 80s TV shows that, um, that were not streaming. And I know one show you and I talked about which is now streaming on Prime and that is LA Law. Yeah. And now Moonlighting is now on Hulu. So these 80s shows that were not streaming anywhere are starting to slowly work their way you know back into the mix. So, and it's
0: and it's good because obviously with you know the unfortunate uh condition of Bruce Willis, it's great to see like Yes. Yeah. Something I agree, I agree 100%. Yeah. and him and Civil Shepherd on that show, amazing. Yes, they were great chemistry. And then at ten o'clock, we have a new episode of Thirty Something. Oh boy, yeah, that was a big show in the late eighties. All right. Um, if you wanted to, if you were curious what the daytime lineup it was, because this is a rare occasion where we have a weekday show. Yes. Yep. ABC, you had a rerun of Growing Pains at eleven. The Home Show at 11.30 a.m., Ryan's Hope at 12, Loving at 12.30, All My Children at 1, One Life to Live at 2, and General Hospital at 3. But CBS, this is a good lineup here. We have the first season of the new Family Feud with Ray Combs at 10, Card Sharks with Bob Eubanks at 10.30, and then, of course, you have your head. Oh, Card Sharks, amazing. I love Uh, Card Sharks. You have The Price is Right at 11, Younger the Restless at 12.30, Bold and Beautiful at one thirty, As the World Turns at 2, and Guiding Light at 3. But NBC, you have a good mix of game shows and soaps here. Sale of the Century with Jim Perry at 10. Classic Concentration with Alex Trebek at 10.30. The Daytime version of Wheel of Fortune at 11. That's right, folks. Back in the day, Wheel of Fortune was so big. They had a daytime and a primetime version at the same time. Yep. Yes, they did. Win, loser draw with Vicki Lawrence at 1130. Super Password at noon. Scrabble with Chuck Woolery at t- 1230. Days of Our Lives at one. Another World at two. And Santa Barbara at three. But
2: uh,
1: if you.
0: Oh,
1: oh yeah, sorry. Go, go,
0: ahead, go, ahead. Scott. go
2: ahead, Scott. No, I was going to say a quick thing about Soap Barbara. we move on. My mom was, my mom was a big, uh, as the world turns, that was her story. You know, as my mom used to say, I got to watch my stories. It's what the, that's what the old, that's what the ladies used to say back in the day. I got to watch my stories. And, um, my sister was the big, uh, general hospital. That was, that was the, it was like a generational thing. Like, like as the world turns and all my children, those were like the old school soap viewers and general hospital was kind of like the, the the teenage girl you know teenage 80s hot sitcom you know rick springfield was on it uh, so my sister but i believe it or not was a big santa barbara watcher ooh i was very big into santa barbara that was my show my buddies my buddies and i we were very uh, comfortable in our in our masculinity in in uh high school we watched uh, santa barbara but my sister was a huge, huge General Hospital fan. Huge oh
0: no! Fan. What is Ice Bean doing right here? Tape nux. Looks like a little oh, tape no. nux
2: action. Oh! oh,
0: smoked him! This stupid Illinois referee, state athletic commission guy. What a dumb referee!
2: Wow, that match was four thirteen. Um, it, it actually had a good groove. It probably could have gone another beat, but it actually wasn't that bad. Um, but uh, Iceman King Parsons retains the uh, world-class Texas heavyweight championship. Um, I like the referee with this giant patch on his shirt. That's the state of Illinois. It's really funny. That's awesome. Wow. Look at that guy's hair. Wow. So. Iceman King Parsons win. Uh, Nothing to write home about early on. This was. Uh Jared and Eric Embry is probably the best match so far. But uh uh Iceman King Parsons with some taped nucks comes away with uh the victory. So All now right. Lee Marshall. Well Lee Marshall's interviewing King Parsons. What was the what were we gonna say after the soap operas? Well, I got the Christmas
0: Day listings for television. Oh, ah, okay. Gotcha. So Fox Second year in primetime. They were only, I think, broadcasting weekends at this point. 21 Jump Street at 7. America's Most Wanted at 8. Married with Children at 8.30. It's Gary Shandling's show at 9. Tracy Ullman at 9.30. And Duet at 10. NBC, we got a Wonderful World of Disney special celebrating the 50th anniversary of Snow White and Seven Dwarves. Oh. At 8 p.m., we got a TV movie, The Little Match Girl. Now, this is big, heavy-hitting lineup here for NBC. You have Keisha knight Poem, William Daniels from St. Elsewhere, Rue McClanahan from The Golden Girls, and John Reese davies There we go. And all-star TV bloopers at 10. Oh, let's see who's who Larry's interviewing here first. Oh, Pocahontas and Brandy
1: May. Brandy May. These, uh these wow girls or whatever it
0: was this was dave mccoyne after he left uh wow saying i'm gonna start my own wow with blackjack and hookers <laughs> yes
2: blackjack and hookers let me go find herb abrams clary nelson you're an absolutely gorgeous pocahontas would you like to drive in my cadillac while i'm drinking endless bottles of
3: vodka
0: <laughs> let me do my best uh Impression my co-host, Mike Claws, on it was the thing on TV impersonating G. Rainburn on the match game, how it squares it out to Morgan Fairchild. You're gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> we
2: have a little mixed tag action here. Ooh. And this might be one of the most star-studded matches on the card, actually. Definitely. We got Medusa and the AWA Tag Team Champions, the... Team of Bad Company, which is, of course, Pat Tanaka and Paul Diamond. So I'm going do with them. The coolest thing I love about Diamond Dallas Page's jacket, because he is managing Bad Company, Diamond Dallas Page's shirt is the actual album cover of Bad Company's first album where it just says Bad Co. It's so awesome. Only a classic rock guy like me
1: would have that, would know that. And uh, meanwhile, we have. uh, This was, I think, her first big national show since losing to the spider lady
2: uh, at uh, WrestleMania or at uh, in that November 85 house show. And that is Wendy Richter, who is the AWA women's heavyweight champion. DDP's uh the bad coach just like the album
1: cover. So great. First uh first national exposure for him. Pretty much. Yeah. Oh, insulting the crowd because of the Cubs, huh? Uh. Give,
0: give it another 28 years DDP.
1: Uh.
0: Who's uh Wendy's partner partners for this? Wendy's
2: Partners is a team called the Top Guns, Ricky Rice and Derek Dukes. OK. And they were taking on Bad Company and Medusa Michelli. And they were all part of
0: uh, DDP's Diamond Exchange stable. Um, and I believe Gary said both titles are on the line this match.
2: Yes, it's a mixed tag team match. It's for both women's title. It's for the it's for Wendy's AWA women's title and bad company's tag team titles. Okay. So well, I guess if you have to pin one. So you could win the match and not necessarily win any belt, depending on who gets pinned. So um this match see this match didn't have a lot of time on it either. It only had five forty three. Okay. Um uh Christmas night, pretty good programming. Yeah, fairly um, solid
0: yeah um let me get to abc and cbs abc we yeah. have um incredible sunday at seven because that that was the revival of that's incredible with john davidson yes i love that's incredible uh uh a rerun of the new mission impossible at eight and then at nine o'clock you're not gonna believe this they had a movie on christmas day cannonball run Two. Ugh, not even the first one
1: no that's terrible
0: Second one is awful.
2: The first one is awesome. The first Cannonball run is prime double entendre Burt. I'll tell you right now. With Hooper and uh, I think we were past the first two Smokies when that one came out. The first uh, Cannonball run. But the second one is just absolute crap. And then,
3: okay. on that,
0: then on CBS, you have 60 Minutes followed by, and I'm channeling Pat Summerall here, Murderer. She wrote. She wrote. Yep. <laughs> and, then, and then we have, oh, they knew that this was going to be a big night for CBS. They have Andrew Lansbury starring in a TV movie, the gift of love,
1: a Christmas story, not that Christmas story, another Christmas story. Ah. you know, that's a solid night on a Sunday during the NFL season. And we'll
2: have the, we'll get to the NFL scores from that weekend a little bit later, but Um, I remember watch like back in the late seventies after the four o'clock, um, CBS game was over, they would have 60 minutes and they would have, you know, all in the family, Alice, the Jeffersons. I mean, one fucking heavyweight champion sitcom after another, I mean, CBS was loaded in the late seventies on Sunday nights for sitcoms. It was like Norman Lear night. Like all of his all of his heavyweights were on Sunday nights, um, and then of course that kind of faded. Well, I wouldn't say it faded, but sitcoms then didn't. They went to the other nights of the week. Of course, NBC became the sitcom network. Well, I don't know. You know, ABC had their share. You said who's the boss? Growing Pains was always one of my favorite late '80s shows, and we haven't even
0: got. We didn't even started. Uh, Full House yet. That wasn't for, what, another year? Full House actually already started in 87, so it's insane. Did second. it really? Yeah, 87 to wow. 95. God, I didn't realize it started so early. Uh, you might be thinking Family Matters, because that's 89. Okay, yeah, maybe.
2: I could have sworn. Eh, wow, I can't believe, as we're watching this match right now, uh, obviously we're making a lot of Vern because as everyone knows, Vern infamously stiffed everybody on this show. Um, I can't believe Wendy Richter stood for that. Like, and, and he was, she was his champion, but I guess they got paid. The AWA guys got paid based on the story I'm reading here. The AWA guys got paid. It was the Memphis and the world-class
0: guys that got stiffed, not the AWA guys. They got paid apparently. That makes sense considering what happens with the title when we get to the uh, end. Right, exactly.
2: So according to what I'm reading here and what I've known from the past, um, Vern didn't stiff everybody. He only stiffed the other two promotions. He paid his AWA guys, so that means everybody in this match got paid.
1: Um, But where was Wendy? I don't think, was Wendy Richter in the... I'll have to look
0: this up. Was Wendy Richter in the AWA this whole time? I think she was doing stuff in Puerto Rico because wasn't she managed, uh, married to Hugo? Were they together then? I guess I so. Think, I think they were together then, yeah. Wow.
2: They were married for a while. Um, Because obviously it was just over three years earlier. November 85 was when she got uh, was the original screw job to the Spider Lady. That was November of 85, so that was a little over three years ago from here. And now she's the uh, AWA Women's Champion. I know she would try to work heel. I don't think she's
0: very good at it, but... No. I should note it aside earlier this year. I got a signed Wendy Richter Tops card that has the uh, a plate of the WWE Women's title on it. That's very nice,
2: yeah, I remember the w w f trading card of Wendy in her bikini uh uh pumping a
0: bicep at the pool. I do remember that card very well, yeah, the card I got is from like a i think twenty sixteen twenty seventeen top set, so gotcha, well, we had a little miscommunication there, and I think
2: yeah. yeah. It's a miscommunication. I think mean, Pat Tanaka kicked uh, Medusa in the chest. This is before her. Maybe she never got a boob. No, she definitely got a boob job. That wouldn't be for another probably seven, eight years.
0: I didn't realize. Oh, yeah. I Keep realizing. Oh, yeah. Both former WWF women's champion. Oh, they're slapping her on the buttocks. Yes, they are. Wow.
1: She threw a right hand at one of those guys. That was a bad punch. And DDP's like, ah, eh, forget that. Yeah, I'm, I'm not getting paid enough to do this. <laughs> You're
2: not getting paid at all, DDP. Just let you know. Uh, oh, no, he is. No, he's AWA guy. So everybody got paid in this match. Derek Starfire Dukes. I'm trying to figure out who that ref is. Pretty big dude very provocative outfit by uh, Medusa. She was oh, pretty much I, naked in that. Oh, uh, I think Pat kicked her in the throat. I think Pat almost pulled her top off. Oh, she was pulling up her she was pulling up her top when uh oh. just before Wendy got her the pin. Almost a wardrobe malfunction. That would have made this pay-per-view a lot memorable. Absolutely. So, oh, so I guess even though they didn't pin them, yeah. so the top guns are the new AWA World Tag Team Champions, even though she didn't get pinned. I love Medusa I love Medusa.
0: Oh.
1: Alundra, you are my
2: You are my hero. I love you. Oh. You
1: scumbag. Come on, Medusa. Knock Lee Marshall's mullet off.
0: If I had to put like a Mount Rushmore of like WWF women's champions, it's probably gonna be like. Medusa, Wendy, Trish, and Alita.
1: Oh.
2: um, yeah, I think you're probably right.
0: And
1: Medusa. You can't
2: really use any of the women now because there have been so many belts split off. If you're yeah. just doing the original women's title from '56 to 2010, I would definitely say Wendy, Medusa. I would. I, you're probably right on the nose. Mm. You're probably right on the nose.
0: Now, Medusa, she slapped. DDP and it just I guess she's no longer in the diamond exchange she's out of the diamond
2: exchange because there's Paul Diamond the future battle cat and uh Max Moon I mean Max Moon not battle cat ba- uh, Brady Boone was battle cat my bad
1: Max Moon you're right Max Moon wrong mask guy Brady Boone was a uh, battle cat oh and also former Kanto! All right, let's see Larry Nelson with some other young little. Oh, Carrie. Oh, there we go. We get our world-class
2: heavyweight champion. I will say this. As low rent as it was in the end for world-class, the world-class heavyweight title belt was actually very nice looking.
1: Oh, that's an awesome belt. It's a very impressive belt. I have to say that. We have Carrie's daughter with him. I hope I will try to see the iron claw this week.
0: I'm like, yeah, so anticipated my, for that.
2: Yeah, me too. My, uh, I believe myself and the doctor, uh, Dr. G of course, my co-host on the PTB weekend special, uh, him and I will hopefully see it and we'll give you a review of it on this weekend, this coming weekends. If you're listening to this, the day it drops, uh, this coming weekend's new year's episode of the PTB weekend special. And, uh, we'll give you a little review for all of you out there who haven't a chance to see it yet. Um, other than the guy playing Ric Flair, most people have given the movie very good reviews. But it's of course it's about the Von Eric, so it's incredibly depressing. But if you don't know that, if you don't know that going in, you don't know much about wrestling. So
0: so Kerry just cut a promo talking about. He goes, "There's only one world." Last I think I, he, I think he said, "There's only one leaning tower of pizza," and he actually said <laughs> leaning tower of pizza. Uh, shit. Oh
2: shit!
1: All right, so
0: so.
2: This is an interesting match we're going to talk about, uh, Greg. Uh, the It is the AWA uh, International Television Championship as compared to the Domestic Television Championship. Uh, Greg Gagne and Ron Garvin. Now, Ronnie Garvin, at this time in 1988, is a heel because at the bash, he turned and joined with Gary Hart and Al Perez, um and of course there's Greg,
1: all you know, about as exciting as a glass of water. Um so I don't know what let, let's see if we can find some, some background on this. So the
2: international, so the international the international heavyweight, uh, the international television title, also a nice belt, originated The year before, December 27th, 1987, uh, Adrian Adonis and Greg Gagne wrestled in the final. And only Vern would do this. The finals ended in a disqualification, and that's how Greg Gagne won. Jesus, Vern, you can't even have your kid win clean? Are you kidding me? Fucking ridiculous. Ron Garvin would actually win the title. Uh, on September 17th, about about three months before this show, but Stanley Blackburn, that fucking scumbag.
0: Oh, worst baby face. the guy who robbed Hulk Hogan at Super Sunday 83. The worst baby uh, face authority figure ever, Stanley Blackburn. Yeah,
2: scumbag. After deciding Garvin won under controversial circumstances. Do you even know what you're talking about, Stanley Blackburn, you old fuck? So, so this is for the vacant, um international television title so so ronnie garvin even work and heel here but um
0: greg you have a very interesting tidbit about ronnie garvin right now That's pertaining right. to this show because i went to graham's website on the history of wwe.com and i found that now hold on one second if i can find it there were three wwf shows the night before one in fort wayne one in phoenix and one in vancouver Ronnie wrestled the opener on the Phoenix show at the Veterans Memorial Coliseum beating Boris Zukov in the opener. Now I'm going to guess he's finishing up here in the AWA before going to WWF.
2: I, I'm guessing, I'm guessing that's what the case is. So he's obviously, obviously it's a foregone conclusion telling you that, that Greg Gagne is going to win this. Um, And then that's it. Greg holds the belt and then the belt gets, it's funny Greg Gagne, based on the wiki, it says Greg Gagne retires from in-ring competition on October 16th, 1989. And they just decided to deactivate the belt. "Ah, Greg doesn't want to be champion anymore. We don't need the belt anymore. So they made a throwaway belt, the AWA International Television Championship, just for Greg.
0: That's sad. (laughs) But remember, Scott, Greg Gagne did all that... uh training with Sergeant Slaughter. You remember that. That's right. I do. That is true. And also on this Phoenix house show that Ron Garvin was on, Randy Savage wrestled Rick rude. That's interesting.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously Savage was a, uh, was a face. He was the world wrestling federation champion. And, uh, uh, Rude was slowly building himself up. Coming up about a month from this show would be the first pay-per-view Royal Rumble from the Summit in Houston. And, of course, that would be the the night that uh, Rick Rude attacked the Ultimate Warrior with the Bulwark. Yeah. Or Bulwark, whatever the thing was called, which would lead to their amazing
0: feud in 1989. Um, so real quick here while I have the NHL scores, there are three games this night. Red Wings over the North Stars 5-4, Devils over the Blues 4-3, and Capitals over the Nordiques 4-1. I'll just give you the division leaders real quick. We have the Red Red Wings leading the Norriset with 38 points. The Calgary Flames leading the Smife at 47 points. A hell of a year for the Flames, because they would go on to be the Stanley Cup champs that year. Montreal with 44 points leading the Adams and. We have a three-way tie for the Patrick Division at 34 points with Washington, Pittsburgh, and the Rangers. Gotcha.
2: Of course, the Bruins were the defending Wales Conference champions. Uh, they made it to the Stanley Cup Finals in 88 and got swept by Wayne and the boys uh, from Edmonton. That was the year that Game 1 at the Boston Garden ble- uh, had a
0: blackout. The power went out. And, of course, Hottest that was would- that building to begin with. And that would be the last year of Wayne with Edmonton because he'd get traded that summer while babysitting Robin Thicke to the Kings. That is right. is that crazy? Oh, we're five minutes in this match. I'm so glad we found out that five minutes in this match and both need to go home. I love how uh,
2: Lee Marshall said, we're five minutes in and both guys are exhausted. That's not a good sign.
0: Understatement <laughs> of the century, Lee. We're five minutes in
2: and everybody's
1: gassed. That's not good. Could you imagine? That's crazy. Oh. Oh. So now, reading a little bit ahead here, that tournament
2: that I was telling you about that Greg Ganya won to become the inaugural TV champion, as explained by Larry Nelson on the AWA Championship Wrestling Show and ESPN, the first two wrestlers in the tournament to reach 50 points, with five points being awarded or deducted for a pinfall or submission, victory or loss, and two and a half points being awarded for a oh. countout or DQ, faced off in the finals. Couldn't you just have a regular fucking tournament? I-
0: I'm confused. Is is this like a prototype? Wait a minute. Hold on.
1: Time out. Greg won the match here by count out. The crowd in Chicago is cheering for Garvin.
0: (laughs) Oh, here he comes. Stanley Blackburn. Oh, it's fucking Stanley Blackburn.
2: Oh, God. Nobody likes you. Can somebody attack this guy? I would have beat the crap out of him. Oh, good. Throw the ref down. That's what I want to see.
1: Take that, Morty Miller. Yeah, Marty Miller. Oh, old's Stealing Blackburn. 106. Close line him anyway. I think he's getting booed. Good. What a hump. <sighs> Ronnie's like, Greg, F Gagne, the o- Greg,
2: Gagne, the only guy in history to win, to win two title matches by DQ and by count
0: out. Ronnie's like, F this. I'm going to WWF to feud for Greg Valentine. Yeah. Fuck this. You can keep the check. That's going to bounce. Vern.
1: I'm going to WWF where none of the checks bounce. <laughs> I'd have been like, so Greg, why is everybody booing you? Oh, that's right, because you're a fucking hack. (laughs) You're starting to look like your dad, and that's, that's not a compliment. Ron like, "Nah, I'm good. Nah, you
2: can have that belt. You're probably it's probably gonna get repoed anyway. Uh, I'm I'm going to uh, I'm going up
1: to New York where I'm actually gonna get paid and I can ring announce too. And ref. And ref. Because you, Greg Ganya, don't know whether you're coming or going. <laughs> Oh, that's their prerogative. Okay, Greg. That's their prerogative. I'm getting booed. My dad never got booed.
0: Oh, and Greg, to rub it in, tonight I was the Minnesota Vikings and he was the Chicago Bears. Way to oh, endear yourself to this crowd.
1: Oh, God, you're a putz. Oh. All the kids. Here we go. And speaking of signed cards, Scott, I told
0: you recently I went yes. to a card shop. I went to a card shop, and I acquired an autographed Jerry Lawler card from Panini Chronicles WWE 2022 for fifteen
2: oh,
3: bucks. Oh wow!
0: Yeah, wow!
2: Very nice, Panini. I forgot they were still doing cards.
0: Yeah, well, well, for now they're still doing the NBA and NFL, but I think
1: they're about to lose them to Top. So. Yeah. Oh, Jerry used that line when he was active, not just as an announcer. Kerry Von Erich has muscles in places
2: a lot of people don't have. Places. I thought he, I thought he just used that for the Attitude Era.
1: That line's uh thirty, forty years old officially. Here we go, baby. All right. Ooh, a street fight in lingerie, baby. What?
0: What the fuck is the ter- What is the terrorist wearing? What the hell am I watching? This is this is insane. Oh, and Dave McClain's on commentary here. Now remember, there's two ways you get eliminated. You can either get thrown over the top rope, or you, or your skirt's gonna come off, baby. Yeah.
1: Injury or nudity. Oh, Luna's in this match, I think. Oh. One of them's wrestling in heels. She's wrestling in fucking heels. <laughs> You've got to be kidding me. Look at this one ripping her top. This oh. is outrageous. Oh, my This is ludicrous. David yeah, McLean is more entertaining than fucking Vern. Ivory doing some double team in here. I can't believe that there's, that there's a woman in there wrestling with heels on.
2: It's like ridiculous.
1: Oh, she got to take pants. Oh, pants coming off. She's taking her pants off. Does Vern even
2: know what the fuck he did? Brandy May. I remember in the mags. I remember Brandy May in the mags. Her, Her. I do remember. I don't remember for the life of me. I do not remember, uh, well, maybe I did, but I didn't know that,
1: that, I, you know, I wouldn't see her as Ivory for, what, another decade? So. These ringside photographers are having the time of their lives. Oh, yeah. They're totally
2: having a blast. I'm sure Apter's like, I can't believe I'm wasting film on this. Maybe I'll use my personal camera. <laughs> well, you got uh,
1: Ivory or Nina here. With her top off, <laughs> there's a line I never thought I'd hear anybody say: "Brandy May's trying to rip her clothes off." Oh, oh, Ivory's gone. Oh, uh, the only one that's the champion's been eliminated. Peggy Lee Leather. God, she's Peggy awesome. Lee Leather. Meanwhile, uh, Peggy Lee Leather here. She looks like a linebacker. She's about to have her jugs hanging out. Okay, Brady may be ripped away with those (laughs) clothes. Oh, my. Vern's like, I definitely paint any of these women. (laughs) I cannot believe that two
2: women in this on this in this match are in heels.
0: <laughs> I love that this is your big takeaway Scott from this match. I know well yeah, I know there should be more. But the fact that
2: I mean do we feel Greg that this match was not originally scheduled like how would these women be so unprepared to be in gear
0: to wrestle this match? Maybe Vern was desperate, so he called Dave
1: McClain on short notice. Yeah. I don't know if I could pay you, but I'll give you some commercials. (laughs) Ooh! Oh, Peggy Lee and Bambi are gone. It's down Uh... to three. Luna's still in it. So it's Brandy, May, Luna, and the terrorists? No, the second rope ain't gonna win. It's gonna eliminate you. We're not
0: playing by WWF No Mercy on N64 rules.
1: <laughs> I knew you were gonna say that. Yeah, $10,000. Sure. <laughs> The reason this match was taking place The ring already littered with lingerie Oh and there goes Luna Wow uh, This is what we all came here to see Baby Brandy May and the Terrorist Oh, the ten grand. Who's gonna win the ten grand? Oh, Dave says he has the check. Oh yeah, sure. Oh, man, I per- yeah, I'm sure that's not gonna bounce. No. Get in the ring! What do you what, What's wrong with this terrorist? What's the terrorist! This
0: person is. <laughs> She's a terrible terrorist.
1: Oh wow! The security guards are having a number on some guy right here. Oh shit! Oh, some guys get. Some guys getting tossed. I purposely got myself thrown out, so I don't have to watch this anymore. Maybe we should ask Bill after what the deal was with that guy who got ejected. Yeah, I would love to ask. Actually, I would love to ask after that because that was—he was probably right there. Oh, she—the terrorist got no pants on.
2: She does not. That—that that top is getting a little. uh, creeping up a little bit.
0: Oh, she's taking off her stocking. Oh, I don't know, Scott. Should I be like aroused by this? I, I mean, are, is she the heel? Because I think the crowd's kind of digging her. I, I got, I'm not going to lie, Scott. I'm the terrorist has won me over this match.
2: Yeah, I, I got to admit, I think I, I think uh, yes, I think uh, the Syrian terrorist as the official, her official name in on wiki is i i gotta say i think i like the syrian terrorist unfortunately she doesn't have a
1: link so i don't know who she actually is just to go through real
2: names bambi's real name was selena majors peggy lee leather was peggy lee leather brandy may was brandy may nina was of course ivory and luna was of course luna Malibu, Pocahontas, Lori Lynn, and the Syrian terrorist do not have links. Oh, but there ter- she is!
0: Oh,
2: My favorite
1: the Syrian terrorist. What an underdog story this has been!
0: The Syrian terrorist has won the lingerie battle. She's like, I mean, she's like legit hot. Like it's yeah. I'm a, I'm a big fan of the terrorist. It's like. <laughs> There's the check. Spend it fast.
1: (laughs) Oh, she's going to cut a promo. I I have no idea what she said. I don't know, but can she say it again? (laughs) Oh, and Lee's going to interview the terrorist. Please, like so. Oh, terrorist. You want to join me for the 1 800 <laughs> collect on the road? Yes. <laughs> want to come to me to a Division three school and Nick Weasel jokes? And I love that the peacock captioner has speaking in foreign
0: language. Yes, I just saw that. <laughs> Now I gotta admit the captioning on Peacock for any of these WWE Network productions, these old shows, are terrible. But I gotta say that captioner did a good job. Yes. I need to. I need to to look this. I need to look her up. We need to oh. know. We need to know more about the Syrian terrorists. We need to know more about the Syrian terrorist because she was. Uh, yeah, she's bringing the goods. Oh, and uh, Larry is interviewing Peggy Lee Lavery. <laughs> Jesus. So Mary's while like, this,
1: Larry's uh, so like this, you're
0: a lot of woman, <laughs> more ways than one. Oh, and Luna!
1: Oh, thank God. Fucking love you, Luna. Rest in peace. Oh, what a legend. Oh, I love Luna.
0: I loved her. I loved the promo voice she do. It's oh, she was amazing. She was awesome. And she was in the uh, WWF Raw game on Genesis. And Larry's having the creeps here.
1: Uh, And Medusa brought a snake. Medusa brought a snake. That came out of nowhere. Larry's creeped the hell out. He looks like he's about to have a heart
2: attack. He's like, can somebody control that snake? I'd be like, listen, when I'm around the Syrian terrorist, I can't control my snake.
1: Um... (laughs) Okay, so while we get a chance here, uh, let's go over the
0: top 10 movies at the box office for the previous week from December 9th to 11th that weekend. Okay. So number 10, we got Cocoon the Return. I forgot there was a sequel. <laughs> yeah. Number,
3: okay. nine,
0: number nine, we got the original Child's Play. Oh, amazing. Oh, I PW- PWI. PWI88. I think we're going right, to I get think- an interview with Bill. Yeah? it's Bill. Okay, he's going to present an award, so we'll wait here while Bill is uh, going to present this award. For hottest
2: wrestler to the Syrian terrorist?
0: Oh, I wish. Come on, Bill. Come on, Bill. Oh, it's Jerry the King Lala. Oh, no
2: one cares. Jerry's probably trying to hook up with the Syrian terrorist right now.
0: I don't think the Syrian terrorist is young enough for jerry unfortunately yeah she's old enough to drink so but i gotta say inspirational wrestler of the year for jerry is a good choice considering he won the awa title and how many years was it you know never won the title and
1: such a big deal in memphis And that waller Kurt Henning match from Memphis, where he wins the title, is such an amazing match.
0: It really is. No, it is a great match. I agree with you 100%. All right, so let's get back to the top 10 here. Number eight, we got Ernest Saves Christmas. That's right, Ernest Saves Mm. Christmas. Number seven, we got My Stepmother is an Alien with a... Kim Basinger, Dan Aykroyd, and a young Air Allison Hannigan in that movie. Number six, we got the Land Before Time. I saw that in the theater when I was four. That was a uh, mm. Don Bluth animated movie. Yes. Yep. Number number five, I saw this in the theater too. Oliver and Company. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. I got the Oliver and Dodger Christmas ornaments from McDonald's last year. They were hanging on my tree last. Uh, yesterday. Very nice. Very we nice. We got Sarge. And of course, Sarge, G.I. Joe, of course. Yep. he's in a boot camp match with Colonel De Beers. That's very fitting. Betcha Slaughter got fucking paid. <laughs> yeah, betcha. <laughs> uh, number four, we got Tequila Sunrise. Oh, uh, Mel Gibson, Michelle Pfeiffer, Kurt Russell. It's a good movie. Number three in its third week in the box office, Scrooged, with oh, Bill, Bill Murray, Murray. Yep, Allen. On the Allen, Yep, yeah, classic Christmas movie. Yes, number two in its second week. This was the number one the previous week. The Naked Gun. Yes, first one was the best. Oh yeah, two and a half is great too. Hmm. Uh, And your number one movie at the box office, Twins. Oh, Arnold and uh, Danny DeVito. Good movie. And I would argue this is probably the first film that Arnold did that showed he has a lot of range. Yes, totally. Because he had done what? Terminator, Predator, Running Man. But this was like the first movie. Commando. But this was like the first movie that showed that he could do like more than just action. Right, and then a couple of years later,
2: he would uh, he would do Kindergarten Cop. One of my all-time.
3: It's,
0: it's not the Tuma! <laughs> a
1: DDP saluting Colonel here. The Colonel. I guess he's waving the South African flag at the time because yes. Yes. Remember, uh, it
0: would be another six years before, another, what is it, Never two years before Mandela was free? Two years, 1990, yep. Yeah, and then he was elected president in 94.
1: Yep. Yep. The Sarge. I love this. Nothing like a good boot camp match. I did find the terrorist uh
2: in i am in a cage match she was from Vegas, so she obviously was not middle eastern if case you didn't figure that out um she was female of course and she had, she had other nicknames she was Palestina
1: and she was the terrorist, just the terrorist so
2: So her name was Palestina through most of her career. It was only in this battle royal
1: that she was the terrorist. Well, the crowds. Well, oh, look at those empty seats, like right there. Ugh. That's 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 not good. <laughs> that's sad. Yeah. So while we're doing that, let's talk about the. Heisman
0: voting in the college ball games because we're in ball season right now. We are, yes, we are. Okay, your Heisman winner in nineteen eighty eight, Barry Sanders. No, unanimously. (laughs) Yeah, well, uh, he got five hundred and fifty nine first place votes. Two thousand six hundred twenty eight yards, thirty seven TDs, an amazing season in his junior year. Yeah, he was ridiculous. Yeah, he was ridiculous. And um, the, I guess the other contenders, I'll go two through four here. Rodney Pete from USC. Number three would be a person that would be the top draft pick the next year. Troy Aikman out of UCLA. Correct. And uh, number four, his future teammate in Dallas in a couple of years, Steve Walsh from the U. That's correct. Dallas
2: would draft him in the supplemental. It's because... Jimmy wanted his guy, and uh, that's why I think a lot of people thought that Troy was going to eventually get traded. Thank God they didn't. (laughs) Yeah, because people forget he had a terrible rookie year. Well, and he got hurt, and they were just bad. But obviously, you know, remember, uh, he had issues with Jimmy Johnson over that, and then of course, you know, when Barry Switzer got there, you know, they had issues, because Uh, Troy was at Oklahoma and transferred because he didn't feel like running a wishbone.
1: Look at this! Oh, he's in the 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 post. Ooh, the DDP is like take that. So let's get to the major ball games. So
0: all the major ball games were held on January second for whatever reason. I'm guessing maybe they didn't want to interfere with the NFL playoffs, maybe. I don't know where January second fell on the right. calendar. So um the Cotton Ball, Troy's final game at UCLA, 17 3 winners over Arkansas. The Rose Ball, we had Michigan beating USC twenty-two to fourteen. Miami beating Nebraska 23-3 to three in the Orange Bowl. Don't worry, Tom Osborne. It's another seven years before you can finally exercise the demons against Miami. Yep. And, oh, Colonels run into uh, poor DDP with the helmet on. Florida State over Auburn in the Sugar Bowl. And then in the National Championship game at the Fiesta Bowl. Notre Dame, number one, beating number three, West Virginia, 34-21. to 21. To win Correct. the national championship. Absolutely.
2: Tony Rice, Mike Stonebreaker, Chris Zorich, uh Pat Terrell, who who had the big pass breakup and the win over
0: Miami. I was I love that uh I absolutely love that Notre Dame team.
1: And the that's the Catholics versus convicts game. Yes, it is, and there is a thirty for thirty about that too. And, of course, Colonel, in two years, he'd have his uh, epic brawl with Jake the Milkman Milliman for that turkey. Yes. Excuse me. Oh, it could be all over if he gets the Cobra Clutch. That was always a killer in uh, WrestleFest, the Cobra Clutch. Yes. Well, that's it come on morty come on illinois ref call this illinois ref guy this guy who looks like abe bagoda
3: <laughs> for
1: all we know this could be abe bagoda reffing who's ddp calling out Oh, it's it's Adnan. Oh, good. The Cova Clutch is on. Uh, Adnan. Who else is DDP calling out? Oh. It's Sheiky, baby. The Sheik. He's like I didn't even know he was supposed to be here. It's appropriate. I saw him six hours ago. It's appropriate because this
0: is tonight as we're recording this. The 40th anniversary of Sheik beating Bob Backlund for the belt.
1: That is correct. How funny is it to see Sheik and
0: Adnan beating up their future teammate? (laughs) I know, right?
1: This is before the Triangle of Terror. Awesome. I love that Sheik's just wearing a shirt that says, I ran. So, you know, it's the chic. Yeah, I know.
2: He's got my one of my he's got my favorite tights that he ever had. The three quarter length
1: purple ones that said I ran down the side. I always love those. Look at that. Obviously printed on in Mac. Uh, oh, yeah, on. that's
0: that's a that's a photo. That's a print shop. That's a print
2: shop right there. I used to print the crap out. Of, I used to print stuff like that when I went to WWF house shows. <laughs> so now we have a slaughter interview. I mean, it was kind of a cool thing to have slaughter
1: on this show. I mean, they kind of needed like one or two legit other stars Oh, that's right, because cause Slaughter mentioned the Iran and Iraq just
0: ended their war, so...
2: Yeah, Iran and Iraq might be friends. Then in a couple
1: of years, I'll be their friend. <laughs> yeah, not for another two years you won't, Sarge. But it's so nice you got the crowd to uh channel along.
2: Yes, do the pledge of allegiance. Very 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 happy about that. What? Yeah!
0: <laughs> Look at that guy.
3: <laughs> Mom, can I use all the
1: printer paper? Someone forgot to white balance. Oof. I didn't know you read wrestling magazines. Do you read them at the bar? (laughs) Need to look up the PWI Most Inspirational Wrestler Award. Um,. Let's see. Okay, I got it here on fandom. Okay, let me just see
0: previous winners. Uh, Sarge won in eighty four. Hogan in eighty three. Chris Mike Von Erich in eighty five. Chris Adams at eighty six. Nikita in eighty seven. Uh, let me see. Other notable: uh, Bret Hart ninety four.
1: Terry Funk in ninety seven. You see, uh last year's winner was John Moxley.
0: Um obviously 2020 Shad Gasport won it. Obviously for obvious reasons. And you know. But we got the uh we got Michael Hayes here this match. Who's he uh, teaming with? Uh oh, that's Stephen Cox.
2: Stephen Cox. Stephen Cox, he's a uh he was a guy that he was kind of grooming in, in world-class. That was kind of the storyline with the Freebirds and the SWAT team. Uh, Buddy, there's no, there's no Freebirds anymore. Buddy Roberts is managing the Samoan SWAT team. And Michael Hayes was kind of a single star.
1: I do like the fact they're wearing Jägermeister shirts. I'm sure oh, yeah. plenty of that was flying around backstage. Um And of course, Fatu. There's Fatu. A notable run, of course, there's Rikishi
0: later on. Of course, and would give birth to maybe one of the greatest tag teams ever. And, and who knows? Maybe they'll face each other at WrestleMania this
1: year. That that is entirely
0: possible. That I I gotta lie. If I'm not gonna lie, if I'm at WrestleMania. I hope to be there at that night where they face off because that's going to be an electric match. If they, face I agree. Off. Yeah, no, I agree. I think. For, be-
2: I think for all these years of being the best tag team, one of the best tag teams ever. Um, yeah that
0: that match is going to be pretty huge. If that, that, could, give Brett, that could give Brett, that could Brett at ten of run for its money if it goes. If it's an opener, yeah, that is true. I can see it as an
2: opener. So yeah, so this Steve Cox. Storyline of world-class right now in a spring summer of 88 is that Michael Hayes
1: is is kind of like his protege, the Steve Cox guy. And speaking of signed cards, uh, a couple weeks ago at a card show at Hofstra, I got
0: a Michael Hayes signed uh, Panini card for five bucks. Wow. I, I got that in the Tito Santana autograph card and I'm like, these are five bucks. Well, I'm I'm getting this. It's
1: like, yeah, that's solid. Steve Cox is actually big enough at the moment that he has his own boots. Ooh.
2: With his name on them. Small swat team, of, of course, would probably not stick around in Crockett in uh, Crockett. He, they'd be going to Crockett. Um, they don't stick around in world class that much longer. In fact, I think they leave not too much soon after this because they're in in April. April's at the Clash, they're they're wrestling at Clash Six, uh, which is of course the same night as WrestleMania Five. Uh, as a matter of fact, we did a match from Clash uh, Six. Uh, uh, Greg, of course, the two out of three falls Flair Steamboat match, um, and they're there. So I'm feeling that this is one of the Smo and SWAT
1: teams' last nights with World Class. Before they, um, before they went to Crockett. All of his nickname is "Do It To It," Steve Cox. Yeah. But yeah, the Freebirds, because we have uh, Michael and Buddy here. I mean, Terry Gordy was, I think, in
0: Japan at this time. Yeah, it's probably been all Japan at this time. But God, what a great
1: act. Great foils for the Von Erics. Oh, of course. Absolutely. Freebird's one of the greatest heels of all time. And the crowd goes wild. Yay. The crowd goes wild. Can somebody get a camera shot of eight people clapping together? Oh, uh, second time that's happened. Come on, Samu. You're really slacking. Yeah. SWAT team are the current
2: um they're the current uh world class. It's actually this match is actually
1: for the world class tag team titles. So while we're doing this match let me go over the
0: ncaa basketball top 20 this week so okay we had a poll release today this is the ap poll oh wait someone went over the top rope this would be a DQ. well now someone so this wouldn't be quite a uh bill watts dq here uh no no okay
2: but there are no pat there's no padding on the outside so we're about halfway to the bill watts rules uh,
0: so AP top 20 for this for today, December 13th, 1988. We have UCLA at 20, Notre Dame at 19, NC State at 18, Seton Hall at 17, Tennessee at 16, Louisville at 15, Ohio State at 14, UNLV at 13, Georgia, Florida State at 12, Georgia Tech 11, and top 10. We got in the following order from 10 to 1, Missouri, Arizona, North Carolina, Oklahoma, Illinois. Georgetown, Iowa, Syracuse, Michigan, and Duke as your number one. And, of course, Michigan would go on to be the national champion, beating the number 17 in this ball, Seton Hall, in the national championship in Seattle, the Kingdom in 89. And, Scott, I do recall that Michigan had a coaching controversy that season going to the tournament. That is correct. Uh,
2: Bill Frieder uh, was the coach for most of the season, but he left. He quit after the Big Ten tournament to take over at Arizona State. And so Steve Fisher, his assistant, had to take over literally
0: like two days before the first round. It's crazy. And there was like no guarantee he'd get the job, Steve Fisher, even if they won. Right. But that national championship between Michigan and Seton Hall, someone needs to write a book about that championship game. It's a great championship game. Yeah. But also, I believe it should be noted that Seton Hall making it to the final four. If I recall correctly, I think, like, because this was the first year WFAN was at 66-88-89. If I recall, like, because Mike Francesa, because remember... Mike and the Mad Dog didn't start on FAN until 89. I think it was Pete Franklin in the afternoon slot. Yeah, it was. It was so, Pete. Fr- so Francesco would have been doing updates for Imus, and he said to Imus that Seton Hall would go to the Final Four, and Imus said, if they make it to the Final Four, I'm giving you a
1: car. And sure enough, Seton Hall made it to the Final Four, and he had to pay up. Hmm. yeah that was a pretty good uh team too Ramon ramos, who of course sadly would
2: would get uh he got in a car accident um andrew gage he was australian and then what was the other, what was the other guy's name ricky morton john morton
1: that would would be funny he, that would have been awesome if Ricky Morton had been playing for seen the whole I know. Well, that was, um,
2: that was uh, Morning's freshman year at Georgetown. And they had an amazing year. They won the Big East Tournament. And uh, they were the number one seed. And they lost in the regional final to, uh, that was the year they almost lost to Princeton in the first round. Um, That was a nice tope by uh, Steve Cox. That was kind of nice. Um, Yeah, they almost lost in the first round to... uh, Um,
1: Princeton and they would go to the they would lose in the East Regional Final to Duke oh this is so heinous Scott but he cheated he not he
0: attacked Michael while the referee was distracted where's Stanley Blackburn to overturn this
1: yeah really where are you Stanley Blackburn oh I guess when only baby faces uh, don't get what they want Like that heel gray Ganya. <laughs> they're going to have so much. They're going to party somewhere in Chicago later tonight, the SSD and Buddy. Oh, yeah, totally. Steve Stewart to at Cox is probably saying to Morty Miller, where's that asshole, Stanley Blackburn? Yeah, where's Stanley Blackburn now? Wait, he hit? Buddy hit Michael with his wallet? What? That's so stupid. Now we cut to these fans like whatever Steve Cox, so after uh both men
2: left the promotion after in eighty eight Steve Cox left, Michael Hayes, of course would go to um' would go to Crockett and re rebuild the freebirds with uh Jimmy Garvin. Um, Steve Cox would resurface in the GWF Global Wrestling in the early 90s. He teamed with Stan Lane and defeated Kendo Nagasaki and Ninja in the opening rounds of the two-day GWF World Tag Team title tournament before losing to Steve Simpson and Chris Walker in the semis in July of 1991. Soon after their defeat, Cox and Lane began feuding and was defeated by Lane in the semifinals of the GWF North American Championship Tournament after defeating Rod Price in the opening rounds on August 9, 1991. Uh, let's see. Traveling to Japan in mid-1992, he began competing for the Japanese shoot wrestling promotion UWF International and lost to Nobuhiku Takata in Shizuoka, Japan on July 12th, and again on August 28th in a tag team match with Kazuo Yagamazaki against Takada and Mark Fleming at the Korakuen Hall in Tokyo. After losing a match to Kiyoshi Tomura at the Osaka Prefectural Gymnasium on September 21st, he returned to the United States shortly thereafter. He soon began wrestling in the Oklahoma City-based
1: Power Zone Wrestling Alliance. There we go. cheeky oh, Baby. Is- a rare shot of add-on clean-shaven. Yeah. Oh, Adon had a big surprise. So I guess he called Mr. Fuji about big surprises. I guess. God, look at. Sheiki's gut here. Yes, yeah, he was definitely. uh... He was taking a lot of the medicine, probably. Yes, quite a bit. He was definitely uh, cycling off. My Allah! No Ali! No Ali! Muhammad! Cameraman, zoom in!
2: Oh, God, I can't stand either of these
1: fucking guys. I absolutely cannot stand either of these guys. Ooh, Fujinami. And, of course, Fujinami, the
0: IWGP champion at this time.
1: Would this have been the first year of the IWGP title in 88? Um... It's pretty close. Uh,
0: June Um, June of 87, it says on Wiki. Okay. So Antonio Noki was the first champion in June of 87. He vacated it after he fractured his foot in May. And then Fujinami beat Big Van Vader to win the title on May 8th. And then, hold on a second. It was vacated again three weeks later after a match with Ricky Chosu ended in a no contest. And then Fujinami won it back at IWGP Champion Series
1: 1988 in Osaka in June of 88. Gotcha. Okay. I'm guessing he paid Wahoo because Wahoo was a... An AWA guy, I guess, at this time. Yeah. Vern knew who he could get away with that bullshit with. I will say I will give Wahoo
0: some respect here. Former AFL or with the Jets and the Dolphins. So yes, he was. One of my main regrets in life, not getting on eBay. Someone had, I kind of say like a couple of years ago, a custom Jets Reebok Jersey. Of
1: Wahoo, and I regret, Oh, that's wild. And I regret not buying that jersey. That would be very cool. And of course, every time he'd
0: make a tackle at uh, Shea Stadium for the Jets, the PA announcer would go, tackle by who?
1: Wahoo! I can't believe he went by the name Wahoo. I think that's pretty funny.
0: Well, speaking of that, why don't we get to the NFL in week 15 of 1988? Let's do that. All right. So college football regular season's over. So we have two games on Saturday. Now, the Jets and the Giants were both playing at the Meadowlands this week. The Jets played on Saturday. The Giants on Sunday. So for the Saturday game at the Meadowlands, the Jets 34-16 winners of the Colts. So Indianapolis, Gary Hogaboom, 217 yards passing, a TD, three interceptions. Ken O'Brien for the Jets, 10 for 19, 115 yards with a TD. Although he did not get the start for this. Pat Ryan had the start for the Jets, but he was four for 11 for 56 yards and three interceptions. So you, I guess Joe Walton went with Ken O'Brien and was like, uh, okay, Ken, you take over from here. <laughs> Freeman Freeman McNeil 100 yards rushing for the Jets and a TD Altoon, Seven catches 103 yards with a TD and Eric Dickerson had a TD for the Colts. The other Saturday game at Sun Devil Stadium in the first year of the Cardinals in Phoenix. Correct. Eagles 23-17 winners over the Cardinals. Randall Cunningham 169 yards a TD and an interception. Keith Byers with a TD, rushing with 86 yards for the Eagles. Neil Lomex, yes, still there for the Cardinals. 29 for 50, 384 yards with a TD and under Shepson. Ernie Jones for the Cardinals, six catches, 166 yards, one TD. He actually had the most receiving yards of anybody in the NFL that week.
1: And meanwhile, uh, this, meanwhile this match. There's uh, a lot of rolling around. Yeah. So on Sunday, let's go to Buffalo. Bills
0: thirty-seven to twenty-one over the Raiders. Jay Schrader two hundred and twenty-seven yards, t- two TDs for the Raiders. Jim Kelly eleven for twenty-four hundred twenty-eight yards and a TD. The rookie year for Thurman Thomas in Buffalo, one hundred and six yards and a TD. Uh, rushing, but Rob Riddick had two rushing TDs for the Bills. If you're curious what the Raiders did rushing, Bo Jackson had 64 rushing yards, while Marcus Allen had 37 rushing yards. And I believe this is the rookie
1: season for Tim Brown. It is. Okay, three catches, 90 yards, and a TD. Now Wahoo's fighting here, I guess.
0: Is this the four corners you got to put the... Uh, or is it just like beat the hell out of somebody?
1: Um. Oh, wait. Wahoo's bloodied up. Now, Scott, this is going to be important later. Remember this, Scott. Yes, remember blood on the face of a wrestler. Yeah. This will surely not come into play later. So we go to Soldier Field,
0: the Bears 13-12 winners over the Lions. Jim hawbaugh 174 yards passing. Rusty Hilger for the Lions, 195 yards passing. Um, let me just see. Gary James for the Lions had a rushing TD. And Jim Hawbaugh had a rushing TD for the Bears. And then we go to Minnesota. Uh, I'm sorry, Green Bay at Lambeau. Packers 18 to 6 winners over the Vikings. Randy White Randy Wright got the start for the Packers, but he was replaced by the Magic Man Scott Don Mitchellski. The Magic Man. Yes. Who, uh came in through the clinching touchdown for the uh the Packers to win this one by an 18 to 6 final. Wade Wilson threw for 233 for the Vikings. And uh let's go over to while Wahoo's going for the turnbuckles, uh we got a dud here in New England. Uh New England 10-7 winners over the Bucks in OT. Jason Stravowski with the winning kick in OT. Vinny 145 yards passing for the Bucks with a TD. Tony Eason was starting for the Patriots. 155 yards and two interceptions.
1: And the less said about that, the better. Yeah, I'm, I, yeah. Patriots were slowly circling the bowl.
0: So we go to the Sunday game at the Meadowlands. The Giants beating the Chiefs 28 to 12. And Steve DeBerg, 174 yards passing for the Chiefs. Phil Simms only threw for 93 yards, but two TDs and an interception for the Giants. Otis Anderson and Maurice Carthorne had rushing TDs for the Giants. Mark Bavaro had two receiving touchdowns for the Giants. But Scott, the next week, week 16, on Christmas Eve, or close to Christmas time. Yeah, because we've been December 18th, because that would be week 16. Close to Christmas time, we had the Jets and Giants squaring off of the Meadowlands. And it was a big battle that actually had division title implications in the NFC East because the Philadelphia Eagles had beaten the Dallas Cowboys. And then right afterwards, at the same time that happened, Al Toon caught a touchdown pass from Ken O'Brien to give the Jets
1: the lead. And that clinched the division for the Eagles. Mm.
0: Which was really crazy. TV timing, yeah. Uh, Both guys are
2: busted open. I'm glad that Stanley Blackburn and the referee are letting this match continue.
0: Oh, yeah, because you certainly don't want that to happen. You don't want blood to end a match,
1: Scott. I agree. Oh, good. Wahoo used his head. Come on, Wahoo, get to the turnbuckle. Come on, Wahoo. Get there. Oh, yes, he did it. They did this stone-cold Savio Vega finish. Now, Scott, isn't it great that Stanley Blackburn didn't stop a match due to
0: blood? I know. I mean, both these guys are like—I mean, they're 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 bleeding like
2: crazy. I mean, they, he could have stopped the match if his, if their vision was impaired or something, but he let them go. I'm very impressed. I'm very impressed. Surely he's going to let all the rest of these matches go. I, I agree. I mean, never know when there could be blood in the match
1: again. Look, see, look at all that blood on Wahoo's face. All right, so while Manny is oh, Tatsumi Fujinami is going to kick Manny Fernandez's ass there. There you go. Take that. All right, so at the Astrodome, the
0: Oilers dominated the Bengals 41 to 6. And obviously, I think this might have been the last loss for the Bengals, because obviously, until the Super Bowl, because as we know, the Bengals would be AFC champions going to Super Bowl 33. Boomer, not a good day. 10 for 22, 131 yards and a TD. Warren Moon, 254 yards, two TDs and interception. Mike Rozier, a big day. 126 rushing yards, three TDs. But... One name i got to mention, because we're talking about the 88 Bengals, with 71 rushing yards, Albert Icky Woods. Yes. And And as we all know, he was the sensation of the NFL in 1988 with the Icky Shuffle. He was. The Shuffle. Arguably the coolest dance move of all time yes and he
2: would use it later in his career in like deli commercials or something (laughs) Uh, a geico ad
0: that's what it was yeah oh this
1: will never be settled scott between wahoo and manny oh maybe out behind a building maybe Oh, my God, Scott. He wants him dead. That's a little extreme, though. So let's go out to RFK Stadium. The Dallas Cowboys, 24-17 winners over
0: Washington. And, oh, oh, Jesus Christ, Scott,
1: no. Uh, Jerk. This jerk and this other jerk. You think Stanley Blackbird knows where he is, Scott? Well, I'm sure him and Vern are going, so
2: you win that match prematurely. I'll grab the bag with the money and I'll meet you at the airport.
0: All the wrestlers are going after them with cash and it ends Thelma and we style
1: Yes. <laughs> oh, it should have been. St- oh, shut up, Vern. Oh,
2: Vern. Telling Stanley Blackburn that match was too bloody and it should have been stopped. Oh. Stanley Blackburn's thinking,
0: hmm. You know what, Vern? You're right. What if this next match has blood? Oh, Uh, yeah. What do I do? Because we're both old and stupid.
2: (laughs) Yes. And we just got to get to the airport with those bank bags that have the zipper and the key.
0: (laughs) You know, what would happen, Scott, if Stanley Blackburn and freaking Doug Dillinger were in the same room? Oh, God. Well, I know Matt Rotello would beat the crap out of both of them. That's for sure. Two useless humps. (laughs) Oh, a flip of the coin. Oh, Stanley, no one cares what you think. Really, nobody cares. Secretly, I want uh, that one
2: guy, because I forgot who's in this match. Hello, Vern. We all know where uh, all our love lies. We want uh, Jerry Lawler to win, and uh, maybe I'll pay him, and maybe I won't. (laughs) Where the hell is Fritz at this point? Oh, my God. I'm surprised Fritz
1: wasn't there, because if Fritz was there... I think they would have got, the, I think they all would have kicked the shit out of each other. Who are you introducing here? Oh, one of the best sportscasters of our nation.
0: Al Lerner. Okay.
1: the hell's Al Lerner?
0: That's what I want to know, too. He is a. He's getting booed.
1: You bashed the flames last week when they lost to Bradley.
0: So okay, the Cowboys beat Washington twenty-four to seventeen. This was the last win of the career of Tom Landry as head coach. That is,
2: yep, that is correct.
0: Steve Brewer. three hundred and thirty-three yards, three TDs. Who were all those three TDs to? Michael Irvin in his rookie Playmaker years as a rookie. Six receptions. Oh, God. Yeah, he told me last he's week. He's a terrible quarterback. He got sacked like 70 times in two years.
2: He was terrible.
0: Well, he's only sacked two times, so that's a relief. Yeah, Six six catches, 149 yards. Doug Williams, 274 yards for Washington, a TD and two interceptions. He'd be pulled for Mark Rippon, who had 74 yards and a TD and interception. But Mark Rippon, of course, three years later. Have a stellar year for Washington, be one of the best offensive seasons
2: uh, by a team in history yeah. in '91. The Redskins team in '91 was pretty
0: damn good. Art Monk, hundred and three. Uh, Art Monk, hundred and three yards. Terry Orr, hundred and four yards for Washington. I liked. I like Art Monk. I always liked Art Monk.
2: Little promo it, cut by uh, by Lawler in the ring.
0: Oh, Ronald Reagan would be really happy. Ricky Sanders had a TD in this game. Where's Ricky Sanders? <laughs> That's one of my favorite
2: moments ever.
1: And he threw it. The Gipper threw the touchdown to Ricky Sanders. Modern day, what were you mean, mean shine?
0: Obviously, Vern couldn't afford the rights, probably at this point, to Tom.
2: here. No. No, because uh, Rush would not have accepted a, b- a bounce check. So no. Well,
0: this girl's pretty happy. She's getting a, a sweet Super Clash shirt. Look at that! I've never seen a Super Clash sweatshirt.
2: He probably she probably had to borrow it because Vern didn't make enough. <laughs> you have to give they that
0: should, back to her at the end of the show. They should make one on T Public. Somebody on T Public
1: make that shirt. I'll buy yes. it. We need a super Super Clash sweatshirt. Oh wait! He's looking at his arm now, Scott. We
0: all know what happened. What happened before? He's playing with his arm because
2: he forgot that he put his blade in his in his uh,
1: what bandage. Kerry, what's Kerry saying here? And then I'm going to take you all the way to the Leaning Tower of Pizza. One Mona Lisa. I said it
3: again! Leaning Tower of Pizza! Oh my god, he
0: is so fucked up right now.
2: He is absolutely absolutely fucked up right now.
0: I
1: bet we could create a Leaning Tower of Pizza. So it's winner take all, baby. Here we go. Lawler's the AWA world champion. He defeated...
2: He defeated uh, uh, Kurt Hennig earlier in the year before Kurt went to the WWF. And uh,
1: what the fuck is... See, this is what Kerry's doing. He's like, he's itching himself or something. This is why he gets his arm cut here. Why is he not taking his robe off? Oh, there we go. okay. Is his arm bleeding yet did we get to that point do you think he's do you think he's hallucinating, and he thinks he sees like animals on his arm probably. And there you go. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, Jesus, what a mess. First, probably tell Stanley,
2: watch his arm. Watch his arm. He's already bleeding and the match in the next 30 seconds. Of course, uh, the knee pad is falling down from uh, Carrie's uh, peg leg.
1: Not that we'd know that yet. Yet. No, we wouldn't know that for quite a number of years. Okay, so while we're having some breaks in the action here, let's go through the rest of the
0: games here. Sure. Rams, 22-7 winners over the Falcons at Anaheim at the Big A. Chris Miller and Hugh Millen split action for the Falcons at QB. Hmm. Both had an interception. Jim Everett threw for 303 yards at TD and an interception. Um. Pete Holohan. 126 yards for the Rams receiving eight catches. Henry Ellard with a TD for the Rams. And then we go to uh,
1: good. receiver. San- yeah.
0: Let's go to San Diego at uh, the Murph chargers 20 to 14 over Pittsburgh. Bubby Brister, 206 yards and a TD and interception Mark Mullen for the chargers, 148 yards and a TD. 170 rushing yards for Gary Anderson for San Diego.
1: Hmm. Gary Anderson, he made a great play once. He uh, did a
2: flip. Uh, I think he flipped over a pylon to get into the end zone, like a almost like a Ozzie Smith flip. That was a couple of years earlier. This ma- match is starting off very slow, and of course, Kerry's already bleeding all over the place. There's plenty of blood in the ring still from the uh, Wahoo uh, Manny
0: match, which actually wasn't that bad. Could've been worse. Yeah, but as we said, Scott, surely they're not good, the blood's not going to come into play when we get to the this match. No, absolutely not. I mean, if they let Manny and uh, and
2: uh, and Wahoo go, they'll almost certainly let a world title match go, right? One one of this
0: magnitude, of course. Absolutely, you wouldn't want a big match of this. Two belts on the line to end in controversial fashion. Of course not. So let's go to Candlestick. 49ers over the Saints. 30-17. to 17. And let me get the stats. Bobby Bear. 170 yards of TD and interception for New Orleans. Joe with 233 yards and a touchdown. As we see Frank Dusick right there. Mm-hmm. Representing world class. Roger Roger Craig, 115 yards rushing, and a TD. John Taylor with a TD. And I believe at halftime they retired Dwight Clark's number because he had retired
1: in 87. Yes. The catch. And then we have the
0: Sunday night game. So last week, Scott, I mentioned... 87 was the first year of Sunday night football. We're in the second year of Sunday night football. And you got to remember, Scott. We think of Sunday night football is the marquee game now, but Sunday night football in 1988 was treated the way like Thursday night football is now on Amazon. It's kind of like, it's kind of like, oh, there's a night game, but it's not really that important.
1: It really did not
0: It really didn't come important until NBC got the Sunday night package. Correct. So the night game at the Kingdom was Seahawks over the Broncos, forty-two to fourteen, and Elway threw for two hundred and seventy yards of TV. Gary Kubiak saw some action as the backup, five for seven, sixty-three yards. And of course, Gary Kubiak, of course, would coach the Broncos to a Super Bowl in 2015. Yes. Dave yeah. Cra- Dave Craig for the Seahawks, 220 yards, two TDs. A, uh, Mark Jackson, 137 yards receiving, seven catches and a TD. But what a rushing tandem for the Seahawks here. John Williams, 109 yards rushing. But Kurt Warner, 126 yards, four rushing TDs. Mm, what a day for him. And just to note, Steve Largent had three catches for 76 yards. And I noticed something, Scott. These were longtime AFC West rivals. Correct. Until, until the Seahawks went to the NFC in the O two 2 season. But both would meet at the MetLife Stadium Super Bowl in Super Bowl 48, where, of course, the Seahawks dominated Peyton Manning in his MVP season and the 2013 season 43 Correct. to 8 yep and then your monday night game we got a battle between Dan Marino and Bernie Kosar at Joe Robbie and I believe the first season of Joe Robbie Stadium of course now Hard Rock Stadium mhm 38-31 Dolphins Bernie 202 yards and a TD Don Strock saw some action backing up uh, Bernie seven for 11 for two TDs. So I'm guessing Bernie might've gotten injured at some point. Maybe. I don't know. Mm. Uh, Dan Marino. This is a weird stat line. 30 for 50, 404 yards, four TDs, and three interceptions. And let me, wow. just, yes, let me see. We got, uh, Fred Banks had six catches, 118 yards. Mark Clayton, eight catches, 108 yards, two TDs. Ernest Binder had 88 yards receiving in a TD and 58 yards rushing. So over 100 yards all-purpose. And that is the notables in games in week 15. Now, if I can look, let me see who won players of the week
1: real quick. Um, oh, Jerry going for a pile driver. And he got it. And Kerry no sold it. That was actually pretty cool. That's awesome. There. I mean, Kerry even in '88 is like. He
0: still got that that charisma right there. And he still had it when he went to
1: WWF in '90. Yes. Torni- I mean, Kerry beating
0: perfect for the Intercontinental title at SummerSlam. It's got to be like one of the most awesome moments in SummerSlam. Considering Slam it history. came out of nowhere. Oh, yeah. Oh, and the crack-
1: going for the claw. The the Iron Claw, the famous Iron Claw. Famous Iron Claw. You know, if
2: they ever did a movie about the Von Erics, that'd be a cool name for the movie. Yeah, I know. Right?
1: Oh, look, there's that giant blade
2: that's on the piece of tape there.
1: (laughs) Oh, my God. What a mess. (laughs) How stupid were we to think that this was actually, like, not a work? I know. Oh, threw him so hard he landed on top of Morty Miller.
0: All right, AFC player of the week was Dan Marino, despite three interceptions. Gil Bird was the defensive player of the week for uh, San Diego. Come on, Morty, get up there.
1: Morty, get the F up there and count. God, even Bronco Lubich would have been faster. David Manning would not have stood for this shit. and then NFC uh offensive player of the week was Michael
0: Irvin and then the defensive player of the week was Eric Wright of the 49ers for the NFC mm. so yeah. that's your week six, 15 action mm. then next week next month forever we'll talk about the uh Super Bowl for whatever year we uh that
2: is true next. depending when in the month uh The
0: show is, is where we have conference championships or, yeah. And I got to say, the three years we've chosen, excellent years with
1: NFL regarding what's going to happen. Correct. And Bill's trying to get a good shot right here. What's Jerry got in his hand there? The usual thing in the tights. I love how Lawler, how stupid is Marty Miller? Lawler clearly had his hand in his
2: tights right in front of the ref and he doesn't fucking say anything. Oh yeah. He's got to be paid off
1: like the NFL refs yeah, this, today. This is, yeah, this is Danny Davis all over again. Oh, this one oh. guy, right guy, right near the end of the crowd, just relaxing right there. Oh wow,
2: Carrie's busted open. That shouldn't make any difference, though, right? Yeah, because we saw the last match,
0: like, like I know blood Vern anywhere. was. I know Vern was bitching about the blood, but it's Vern. He's just an old man. He's just a coot, crazy yeah. coot.
1: There was no blood in the seventies. Nobody bleeds in Minnesota. My ass, I'm sure Ahmad Rashad bled all the time for the Vikings. (laughs) Is he giving the iron claw to his balls? No, to his gut. Oh. Only Ric Flair did claw to the balls. Now, for some reason, Scott, this uh,
0: show on Peacock is rated TBMA. And between all the blood and all the uh, the clothes coming Annie's. off the women, oh, yeah, you can definitely Your see it earned right. it. It earned it.
1: Never will you see something produced by Verne Gagne get a TVMA rating. I think this is it. Yeah, Ugh,
2: I remember. I remember Lawler saying that that uh, that Von Erich was bleeding into his mouth. Oh, gross! Of all the blood you don't want in you. Well, Carrie's busted open. Not a big deal. I don't know why Marty Miller keeps looking at him. You didn't look at
1: Wahoo's head. What do you care? You weren't looking at Wahoo's head. Just ref the match, Marty Miller. You're not fucking custom auto, for Christ's sakes. This is it. Kerry Von Erich is going to be the undisputed world champion. Frank Dusik, you should go in there and punch Marty Miller in the face. We should have got Bronco Lubitsch. He's a better ref. He's too lazy to look at this shit. Where's David Manning? Oh, if they had gotten David Manning, then then, uh, 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 Vern would have definitely thought it was rigged. See, Frank Dusik's like, hey, you let those other two guys go. And that match was just two fat guys. Now you see again, fucking Morty Miller doesn't even bother to check. Nope. Lawler clearly
2: sticks his hand in his crotch. And this fucking dipshit is still looking at fucking Terry Von Erich's eyeball. And Frank Dusick is like, listen, you stupid asshole. Look at his fucking... He keeps pulling it out of his crotch. And, and he did it Ma- Ma- again.
1: Yeah, and Morty was like, oh, I don't see anything. Why do I keep oh. looking at you, Frank Dusik? Who does he think he is? Like Tim Dunaghy? 45 extra free throws. The, I mean, the match itself has actually been very entertaining.
2: Oh, yeah. It's a great main event, in all seriousness. I mean, we've been making fun of the other matches on this card, but this actually has been a fun match.
1: Good for you, Kerry, pushing Morty Miller. I would. I mean, this whole match... I mean, the seriousness of it is this match was totally booked so Vern's guy would look better than anybody else. But Jerry's playing the heel in this match.
0: So it's like... And like, how many times... I've never seen a guy get
2: punched with an illegal thing like so many times in a match. He's literally been punched like... 11 times with whatever's in Jerry's crotch. I mean, isn't that a bit much? Can't we just do
1: some moves? This is getting ridiculous. I mean, the match has been pretty good, but I mean, it's like,
0: this is so predictable. Well,
2: it just, I I felt, it feels like that, that Lawler has,
1: um, has like, it's almost like been very
2: mismatched in terms of like, like, I understand, you know, Lawler cheating once or twice, but he's literally... Pulled something out of his crotch like 12 times and has landed the punches.
1: And people bitch that Ric Flair matches were too predictable. What's funny is, Verne probably regrets uh, having Lawler win. He should have just had Kerry Von Erikwin win. Did Lawler tap? He must have oh, tapped. Right? Oh, he must have tapped Scott. There's no way. Well, he must have submitted. Obviously this is matches. Congrats to carry Von Eric. Wait, why is, why Wait. is Frank pissed? What's going on here? Why does Marty keep staring at his eyeball? Ah, horse shit So 77 year old Wahoo McDaniel Could bleed three quarters of his fucking brains out And then one match later
0: Nope, can't do it Can't do it And Frank Dusick was probably saying to Morty Miller Yeah, you allowed him to use that fucking illegal Brass nucks like 50
1: times Yeah, his fucking nucks smell like crotch sweat To quote uh, Jesse, there you go. There's your winner. Yep. Even if Kerry had no idea what, it, what planet he was on, he still should have won the match.
0: Man, and I thought the, the road warriors lose to uh,
1: freaking uh, and Tully was the biggest screw job at this building. I know. I mean, obviously they're not going to use logic or else they'd look like fucking assholes.
2: But I probably wouldn't, if you're going to do the blood thing, I probably wouldn't have put the Wahoo uh, fucking Manny Fernandez match right before this. I would have probably done that match maybe three or four matches before, so it, it was out of the fans' heads that, well, you just had a blood match and you didn't give a crap. Why are we
1: giving a crap now? Do we not care about Wahoo's eyesight? Or Manny Fernandez's eyesight? (laughs) You know, it's just, it's crazy. And what a shame would it be if we didn't get paydays from this match. (laughs) Yes. And what a shame it would be if Vern said, I'll pay you, but before that, you have to wrestle these 37 dates in Winnipeg. Oh, this piece of shit's gonna... Oh, dip- Terry should just slug him. He should just knock the old fuck to the ground. Stanley Blackbird. I gotta say, the
0: worst babyface authority figure of all time. <laughs> yes. Of course, I mean, we mentioned Hulk at Super Sunday against Bakwagel, but I'll never forget, when Vern won the belt and retired, he awarded the belt back to Nick Bakwagel because this was his actual excuse. It would take eight months to have a tournament to decide a champion. What? <laughs>
3: eight, eight months? <laughs>
0: eight I, months? I, I guarantee you when Stanley Blackburn had heard about the WrestleMania
1: 4 tournament, he was confused as to how yes. that happened in one night. I mean, this is just ridiculous. Oh, fuck you. Fuck you, Stanley Blackburn. Come on, Kerry. Knock him out. Oh, see, he even admitted he obviously paid off Marty Miller. He
2: did. Marty Miller was in. Marty Miller got all of the world-class guys take Vern gave him he gave him all the world class guys' money.
0: Twelve. we should sell a shirt, Scott. 121388, the Chicago Screw Job. Never forget. The Chicago
2: Screw Job. What happened to the Leaning Tower of Pizza? Right there.
0: That should be on the back. What happened to the Leaning Tower of Pizza?
2: <laughs> what happened to the Leaning Tower of Pizza?
1: That's the rules, That's the rules that I just made up twenty-seven minutes ago. I wish that Kerry Von Eric was so doped up that he
2: just punched Daily Blackbird in the face. That would have been pretty great.
1: How memorable
0: was this? was not the
2: main event, though, folks. No. The main event was was, uh, the Rock and Roll Express, Robert Gibson and Ricky Morton, taking on the Stud Stable, the team of Robert Fuller and Jimmy Golden. Now, what if they said, now, I'm sorry, Robert Fuller, but You know, Jerry Lawler hid a a brass nucks in his pants. You're going to have to take out that. uh, Oh, uh, oh, never mind.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And we'd be remiss if we didn't mention Jimmy Golden. Of course, the future bunkhouse buck. That's right. Because they would be the stud stable again. What? Seven years later. Yeah. And of course, let's also not forget that Jimmy Golden played Jack
1: Swagger's dad. Yes, (laughs) that is true. This ref has a sweet mullet. He looks, a, he looks a this guy, like this guy. Why couldn't this big jacked up dude have refereed the main event
2: instead of Marty Miller? Yeah, this, old, went,
0: this young guy would have been like, yeah, bleed, motherfucker. Just bleed. This
1: Bob Gulick looking guy would have would have made a great ref. He does look a little like Bob Gulick. Funny how this was how that made that the world
2: title was not the main event. I just don't understand that, but
0: okay. Maybe they
1: wanted to send the crowd home happy, I guess. Who's the manager for the stud stable? Um, I believe
2: Sylvia. Who is that? Who the hell is Sylvia? I. I... <laughs>
0: That's what I want to
2: know. It just says Miss Sylvia. There's no link. uh, She doesn't have a link on Wiki, so we don't know. Well,
0: well, she's no Syrian terrorist. She's the (laughs) guest.
2: She is no Syrian terrorist. I'll tell you right now.
0: Who would have thought, like, the biggest star that came from this show for us was going to be the Syrian
2: terrorist? The Syrian terrorist, yes. I bet you Robert Fuller uh, backstage was like, hey, Syrian terrorist, take a look at this bazooka.
0: (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Hashtag, Hashtag me too.
2: <laughs> hashtag why not no who knows back then but anyway um well i mean think about it they didn't even have a chance to wear wrestling tights Vern's like all right ladies go out there and rip each other's fucking clothes off i don't really care
3: Ugh.
2: i gotta tell marty miller had to cheat later i got no time for this hey stanley grab the bag with the zipper we
1: gotta get out
0: of here the, can you imagine the Thelma and Louise style ending as the, the Memphis and world-class Stanley wrestlers.
1: Blackburn
2: and Vern,
0: And then it's <laughs> the end of Thelma and Louise.
1: What's, Stanley Blackburn's like, let's keep going, Vern, And they both go over the cliff with their hands and. I know. <laughs> what I understand is why did they have this match last? I don't understand. I feel like most of the crowd left. I don't know where the rock. They must be. For, they must be via Memphis because, um,
2: because I'm right. What, what am I? On my chrono watch in August of '88, um, uh, Rock and Roll Express are still in Crockett, so this must be a Memphis thing. Oh, yeah. I'm sure, the Rock and Roll Express. <laughs> yeah, I bet rock, Roll, rock and Roll Express got paid. Sure.
0: I'm sure all four of these guys got paid. The The Rock and Roll Express got paid in other ways that night. That is true.
1: They got paid with Jimmy Valiant and a coffee table. Um, so,
2: while we're finishing up this last match, we might as well announce because we we were we Greg and I have been talking about it. So, January the first, uh, obviously the first episode of Wrestle Tracks for. 2024 we obviously will be uh giving you a three uh royal rumble choices in the poll uh the poll as i mentioned will drop on monday january 15th and go for one week until the 22nd and then uh and then after that uh after the votes are tallied greg and i will do either obviously we're being very biased here for these three shows because they're all in the northeast Because that's Greg and I. So we're either going to do Royal Rumble 1994 from Providence. Royal Rumble 2003 from Boston. And a one, uh, a Rumble that I was at, Royal Rumble 2015 from Philadelphia.
0: Yes. I, I thought it was 2018. Oh, was it 2018? Yeah, 2018. We'll do
2: 2018.
0: Cause it's the women's rumble. It's the women's rumble. And Ronda. You're right. Good call. The one that was less, uh, the one that was, the one that was less aggressive at the end. Um, Although let's be clear as pissed as the crowd was in 2015, let's remember Daniel Bryan was never advertised for that rumble. So that is true. That is true. So don't get Um, pissed. Philadelphia. It's, it's not the WWE's fault. They told you he wasn't going to be in the match. So right, you
2: got you got your you got your audible the year before. This is my company. Vince says not yours. Um, so there you go. So again, so think about it. Think about which one you'd like us to do: 1994 in Providence, 2003 in Boston, or 2018 in Philly. I was there for that one too. And uh, let us know. Uh, what, uh, which one you'd like again, that, that poll will open on January 15th and will last for a full week until January 22nd. And then we will record, uh, later that month and drop it before, uh, obviously the beginning of the month, we're going to have some very good ones for February, very good ones for February. You'll You're like good. those. Let's say, let's just say we may not do any pay-per-views. Oh yeah. They, they will not be pay-per-views in February. Because uh, I have a couple of favorites I like to watch, so, uh,
0: so there you go for that. So, I guess in March we'll do uh, WrestleMania. Uh, yes, in March we
2: will, of course, do uh, three WrestleManias. Uh, we are not going to do WrestleMania Thirty Two because I'd like to do this show before the turn of midnight. So we're not gonna, we're not doing that one. But we'll find some good ones. Maybe we might kick it old school. We'll see. We got time for that one.
0: We got although, to about that one. Although I gotta say, my highlight of WrestleMania 32 was that promo Stephanie cut where she was basically Gozer from Ghostbusters. Yeah, pretty much. That was awesome. <laughs> that is true. That was that was worth me staying up for midnight for.
2: Yes. Robert Fuller's bumping like a son of a bitch in this match, though, I have to say.
0: I'll give um, him that. He was always awesome as Colonel Rob Parker. He'd bump all over the place. And this looks like it is a
1: double disqualification. Really? I believe we have a double DQ. Oh.
0: This this uh, brawl could go all over Chicago, so.
1: They could be fighting at the UIC student lounge like at 2 in yes. the morning. Pretty much.
2: And they'll head downtown and get hammered. So now they're just going to walk off. So our final, just to add disappointment to more disappointment,
1: this match ends in a double uh, DQ. Yeah. Gotta love you, Ricky I, Morton. Love you, Ricky Morton. Good luck not getting paid. I wonder if Al Lerner got paid. <laughs> This crowd's like, oh, thank God that shit's over. Fuck this. I'm out of here. People are already leaving. I don't care about your stupid interview. Oh, Jimmy Golden kind of catches breath. Robert Fuller, you're uh, getting picked up off the floor. I love Jimmy Golden. You gonna find the pain, boy? Rob Fuller is awesome. He is.
2: And of course, he would end up being one of the coolest, one of the most awesome referees. I wish he had stayed Colonel Rob Parker when he came to the WWF instead of that stupid Tennessee Lee name. But of course, you know, Vince can never just, you know, let things go. Still trying to figure
1: out who Miss Sylvia is. I really don't have a clue. Oh, we're going to the ring? Going to the ring?
0: And at least,
3: well, Vern, I wish uh, Lee would say, hey,
0: hey, Vern, did you pay off Morty Miller? Before <laughs> um,
2: I got to go uh, because it uh, looks like the world-class guys are kind of pissed.
1: <laughs> no checks in the locker room. A lot of unexpected things happen. That's the understatement of the century,
0: Vern. Yes, it is, Vern all of us that helped
2: uh,
1: help me put this together and in return i'm going to just leave We haven't heard the last of it. Yeah, we have, because, you know. Maybe, maybe, well, we can't have a uh, Carrie-Jerry
2: rematch, because Carrie's no longer with us. But, Jerry still has the belt, Vern. Oh, wait, Vern's gone, too. Never mind.
1: When did Stanley Blackburn die? (laughs) What the hell is this guy with a score And he's in a chokehold. <laughs> <laughs> and this other kid's. <laughs> why is. Why did the crowd get near the ring? I don't. The end of the show. Yes, Vernon and the security they don't give a crap. Vern continuing to –
2: Vern's like, Lee, I told you I didn't want this uh, interview to be that much. I got to get in the car before – I just – I got to drop off uh, Lawler's booking dates before he
1: realizes there's no check in the envelope. (laughs) Oh, and did all the promoters involved, Vern says,
0: that I'm not gonna pay. Yeah. And there we go.
2: There is Super Clash Three. Thank you, everyone, for uh voting that uh as the December as this month's wrestle tracks. Uh, Greg, final thoughts on the show.
1: Uh
0: well, there's a reason why the AWA never did another pay-per-view again.
2: That's probably another reason why the AWA was out of business oh, in two years. Yeah. <laughs> so. If only we could have gotten a team challenge series pay-per-view, Scott. Exactly. And then they could have busted open, um, they could have busted open Jake the Milkman Milliman, and he never would have won the challenge for Larry's Legends. Um, it was, I mean, it was a decent show. There was some, I mean, the matches in the middle were okay. Or anything earth shattering, but Lawler and Kerry was good. The ending was stupid. Um... Uh, I don't know why Fritz even agreed to it. I wouldn't have, but it was Vern's bit. Be- I don't, I don't know. Anyway, it made no money and what money it did make went in Vern's pocket. Greg doesn't want to admit it. Uh, Greg doesn't like admitting a lot of things, but,
0: um, you know, his dad ripped him off. Pure and simple. Um, well, let's be honest. The winner, real winner tonight was the Syrian terrorist. Yes. And that
2: means guess who else? The winner was us. Uh, I wish we can find her again someday. Anyway, for Greg Diener, I'm Scott Criscolo. Thanks for joining us. The final journey of 2023 uh, through the WrestleTracks. And we thank you. Thanks for listening. Happy New Year, everybody. 2024, back in time to a Royal Rumble. See you in January on the WrestleTracks. A Monday, warrior me, me, Today's Tom Sawyer, me.